Hey guys, this is Final Draft from Everfree Radio, and you are listening to the MBS Show. Hello and welcome to the MBS Show, episode number 34. I'm your host, Norman Sanzo. Joining me today is Daniel Anthony. Hi, everypony. So, Daniel, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to... Okay, I can't see I can sleep off the sleep loss, but yeah, trying to get over the sleep loss. Okay, well... Lots of assignments this week. It's a bit crazy. Well, better do those assignments because they're due soon. No, I'm done with them. It's just that I haven't had much sleep. Oh, well, um, time for sleep then. No, it's not. Why? It's for the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm. Well, I forgot about that. Anyway, um, moving on, we have a guest this week. And our guest is a very special one. We have Final Draft from EFR. Who the hell is that? I got no <laughs> idea. I got no idea. Who are you, sir? How did you came in here? I, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody left the door open and there were cookies or something. And yeah, they just, I just kind of wandered in or something. And, and then people said to sit down and stay. And that's what I did. <laughs> Well, since that you're here, um, <laughs> well, since that you're here, um, mind joining us? Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, that's a terrible segue. Anyway, um, so anyway, before we start our show, um, we need you to answer the four basic questions. And question number one is, who's your favorite pony? Favorite pony is Luna, but I need to clarify something. I've told this to people. Um, that I believe best pony is Twilight, but my favorite pony is Luna. For the longest time, I assumed it was the same thing. But what happened is I've been to so many of these conventions that I've, uh, all over the year that I, when I came back from each of these conventions, like BronyCon and Everfree Northwest, I ended up looking at my swag bag and it was full of Luna stuff. And I realized that I had to come to the truth of the matter, which is that Luna is my favorite pony, definitely. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So Luna is your favorite, but Twilight is your best. Twilight is best pony, uh, and this is known. Now, I've said that a lot. I even said that at some of the conventions. And yep, I get Rony Con Winter. I remember that Kara's day. And everybody complained and like, oh, how dare you? I had one guy in a kilt come up to me like, <laughs> what are you even doing? Like, guys. <laughs> I was watching that while having breakfast here, and I was like, guys, guys, calm down. We've already established this. I'm like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, scientific fact. There's no arguing with it. I mean, okay. how correct science has Well, been. your explanation is flawed. Everybody knows Fluttershy is best pony, but... Um, you know what is... I call Fluttershy? At the risk of getting shot by Andrea Lippman, I, I call her number six. <laughs> oh, oh. No, she's awesome. You know what? The thing is, it's like, it's like picking between, you know, favorite kids or something, right? I mean, it's hard to say... If, any one character is better than the others, except for Twilight, who is best pony. And and I've talked I've talked Tara Strong about it, and it's it's scientific fact. Just saying. Okay, okay. So um, who is? You heard it from Tara. It's official. Okay. So who is best background pony for you? Best background pony. Um, oh, I really like Vinyl Scratch. I just like her design. I mean. And I think the thing with background ponies is that a lot of their characterization is based on what the fans make of them. I know a lot of people would say Derpy, but I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Vinyl Scratch just because she's kind of awesome. Well, true. Um, for me personally, I would say Derpy because I don't know why. We, well, could be the mascot of the show, but Derpy is one of my favorite because she's just awesome. And I think the fan base built her to be awesome. Yeah, I have nothing against Derby. Um, I think that uh, 
though, like if, if I had to pick one of all of the background ponies, um, I think Vinyl Scratch is clearly like the most, uh, you know, the, the one that stood out the most that, you know, somebody, when they were designing the layout artist or whatever, when they were designing the, you know, the character for that five second scene originally, um, they put in, they put in the thought to make her look as awesome as possible. So I and, like uh, this. If fandom. I'm not mistaken, she is the first pony to actually be acknowledged. I mean, like with her fan base name. Yeah, well, they they acknowledged her as uh, DJ Pony Three, but then I think Hasbro is starting to come out with some merchandise, like a vinyl T-shirt scratch. or whatever that they announced that that says Vinyl Scratch. Vinyl on scratch it. Yes. I mean, she is awesome in that way. Like. First, her pony name, DJ Pony Tree. Oh, the fandom didn't like DJ Pony Tree. Oh, that's her stage name. Her official name is Final Scratch. And Hasbro's been listening in. Oh, we'll use that. Well, I hope they keep listening because it's such an obvious marketing opportunity. Like, I saw Toys R Us in the States was going to start selling metal lunch boxes with, uh, with Final Scratch on them. And it was like six bucks for one of those. And that's brilliant. They'll sell out in a minute. So hopefully they, they, they keep making merchandise like that because they've been really slow to release uh, brony-marketed merchandise. But maybe maybe they'll get with the program. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Well, basically, the, those are not the real four questions because we got sidetracked because of ponies. <laughs> yeah, because of ponies. Indeed. So um, the second official question is, um, what's your favorite episode? Ooh, um, hmm. Well, for season one, it was definitely Party of One. And that's because Pinkie Pie goes absolutely crazy, and it was it was what completely convinced me that you know that the show was not just something that could appeal to little kids. I mean, just Pinkie Pie just going absolutely insane. I would say over the entire series, the one that I enjoyed the most was probably Lesson Zero, just because again, it's Twilight going crazy and being pushed to her edge, and you know, and just the characterization and was a lot of fun but that's not to say i mean again it's hard to choose because there are also so many great episodes of course the uh, the wedding episode was really great i know a lot of people think that's their favorite and i don't blame them but if i have to choose an episode i would say that the the series strength is from its characterization and lesson zero has in my opinion the best examples of that so i like the story for lesson zero it's how how do you put this it broke the mold for basic girl show cartoon characters because you got a psychotic person who is... <laughs> Pony, not person. <laughs> oh, okay, you have a psychotic character that's going around looking, making trouble, basically making trouble, and you got this one character who's fighting a bear and... Fighting a bear, basically fighting a bear, cracking his neck, cracking his neck and whatever. Like, oh my god, that, that is... That was awesome. Like, I, when I saw that, I... My draw dropped on the floor, and oh my god, that is so awesome. Oh, you know, I love that. I, well, I just like the whole episode, you know. <laughs> if no pony has a problem, I'll make a problem. I don't remember the exact quote, but yeah. I, I think that's it. If I can't find a pony, a friendship Yeah, yeah, it was something like that. I'll make a friendship problem. I'll say, oh, no. She just goes absolutely crazy. I think my favorite moment in the entire episode is where where uh, the Kitty Mary Crusaders are playing with like a beach ball. <laughs> And it just starts expanding. <laughs> and it's like, hi, girls. Oh. She pops out the beach ball. Horrifying. And I love that the Cutie Micro series aren't even scared. They aren't even bothered by it. They're like, oh, hey, Twilight, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, Twilight. Like, are you serious? I think it's just like Twilight's freak out of the week. 
Yeah. Oh man. It's, well, I, I, she is best pony, and I love that she just like she's so obsessed with being on time for her friendship report that she'll go that far that she'll, you know, she'll she'll cause those kind of problems or whatever. And that's another one of these Megan McCarthy written episodes. I've noticed a lot of people like Megan McCarthy episodes. Like Party of One was a Megan McCarthy. Um, I think Dragon Shy was. Uh, with the wedding episode was. Um, and yeah, so she writes these episodes where the characters really, you know, are pushed to their extremes. So yeah. So um, I actually had a lesson. I actually watched Lesson Zero at a really great time because we were packed with assignments in university, and then that was the particular week that Lesson Zero came out, and I was like, I can relate to this so well right now. That yeah, was the first tomorrow, episode. but why am I watching an episode? <laughs> that was the first episode that EFR refu- reviewed. It was like a year ago, wow. more than a year ago. That's what's crazy. I think it was mid-September when that came out. I'm, I'm a bit shocked that EFR started in season two. I will, I will start that it started in season one or end of season one. No, we started in September of season two. Or it was September of season two. September of 2011. So I guess a, just a little under a year um, from when the whole Brony phenomenon started, yeah. Okay, well... I didn't even start watching the show until August of 2011, so I kind of came into the game several months after some of the other groups. Oh, okay, well, I think I got some questions related to that, so we'll, we'll just save them, we'll just save them. So, um, third question is, how do you became a fan of the show? I became a fan of the show because, well, I knew about Bronies actually several months before I even watched the show because there's a, um, there's a radio station in the States called National Public Radio NPR. They have a show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And they asked Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, um, some questions oh, about bronies. Yeah, and so I knew about it from that, but I hadn't, <clears throat> I hadn't even seen it. And I thought, okay, well, this is kind of ridiculous, whatever. Um, but I have um, one of my students uh, was doing, one of my speech students was doing a speech about memes. And I knew what memes were, but I never really followed them. And he introduced me to knowyourmeme.com. So I started following that website because it was hilarious. Like, I just, the humor to me was just brilliant. And I started seeing all of these brony memes pop up. And this is before My Little Brony was a thing. And so they, uh, you know, these different things would appear with Rainbow Dash and, you know, 20% Cooler, you know, or Fluttershy this or whatever. And I looked at all the opponents. I'm like, you know what? These are kind of cute, but they're also really well animated. Like, I liked the style. And so I was like, I had seen, you know, some of these, these gifs or whatever, gifs, however you want to pronounce it, of, I think it was one of the ponies doing some movement or something. And I could tell that the animation was really smooth and had a really cool look to it. So I thought, okay. In the middle of August of 2011, I sat down and I thought, all right, I'm going to watch one of the episodes because I need to know why this is such a big deal. Why are so many people watching this show and making memes out of it? And so I started at the beginning, and I watched the first episode, and uh, it's a cliffhanger, of course, so I had to watch the second. And after it was done, I thought, you know what? That was solid. That was watchable. And I'm like, so I have to watch the third episode so that I know that it actually stays watchable. Then the fourth, then the fifth. (laughs) By the end of it, I think I I told this story before, but when I got to the scene in, um, oh, which one was it? no, it's it was the uh, I think it's the scene with uh, Rarity on the bed. I think oh. it's I think it's suited for success. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, yep, it's suited for success. Where where Rarity, you know, is hiding in her house, and uh, Pinkie Pie goes, 
if we don't get her out of there, she'll become one of those crazy, like a crazy cat lady. Twilight's like, no, she won't. And he's like, give her time. And I paused the episode. And I was like, dang it. I guess I'm a brony. <laughs> I love so, that yeah. episode. I love that episode because the joke there was so perfect. Oh, it was hilarious. It just You could tell like even earlier in the season that they were marketing it towards parents as well. Like There are references to Benny Hill and, <laughs> and to uh, was it the Brady Bunch and just all these other shows that no like six-year-old girl would have ever watched. So I, uh, I definitely you know, was picking up on those references and thinking, okay, this is okay, this is okay. And by that point, it was just like, it was kind of sealed the deal. It's like, okay, I guess I'm a brony. <laughs> I enjoy this show too much. <laughs> okay. So. so, what do your family and friends think about your love for the show? Um, my friends are pretty understanding. I've always been kind of a uh, a talkative person, and I'm also, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively uh, confident and assertive or whatever, so... I told my friends, and like my friend Robbie, he, he just up and said, okay, whatever. He'll never be a brony. It's just not his sort of thing. And that's okay. I mean, that's most of my, my in-real-life friends. They don't really, it's not really their sort of thing. And so I told them about it, and I said, okay, it's My Little Pony. And usually I get like the kind of weird look. They'll say, you know, they'll give me one of those kind of weird cyber glances, and I'll say, listen, it's different than the 80s cartoon because most people, when they hear the brand My Little Pony, think of the 80s, you know, and they think of, you know, kids playing with the toys and brushing the hair and sparkly princessy stuff. And, yeah, there's some of that in the show, of course, but it's not um, – that's not what the show is really about. And so I explain that to them, and most of my friends are okay with it. My brother kind of thought it was hilarious. He, he – he went on YouTube when I was explaining it to him, and he just typed in My Little Pony. He says, look at that. Look at that page. It's nothing but pink. Because <laughs> he was looking at the preview. And oh. just, yeah. And, and, again, I mean, it's not his sort of thing. Um, my parents are actually pretty cool about it. Um, they're very supportive of what I do with DFR and uh, the conventions and all that. Uh, my mom is actually an artist. She did the uh, the book that's in the center of the Traveling Pony Museum, the, uh, the book Twilight's book, the handed one. Yeah. She will not say she's a brony. She refuses to acknowledge it, but she's seen basically all the episodes and she enjoys the show and she just has fun with the art of it. So they're generally pretty supportive. They think it's kind of cool that I've gotten involved with this stuff. Cool. I think your mom is just a fan of the show, if you know what I mean. Well, she won't say she's a brony. She doesn't like being lumped in with that group, but then again, she's wrong. No, she's she's a really great artist and so I, I don't really care if she wants to call herself a brony or not. It's like, hey, mom, keep up the art. It's fun. People like it. True, um, true. She goes by Snow Light on DeviantArt. So if people have seen Snow Light with a zero oh. and seven O, that that's her. Oh, okay. So, I yeah. shall link that in the show notes. Oh. Yes, why? So I'm a mom. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, talking about friends, I personally have a friend who is like that. The thing is, um, here in Malaysia, we got a lot of people who like a lot of different stuff. Wow, that's general. So, my friend here, he basically... Very wide spectrum of stuff. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So, my friend here, he doesn't like um, lead girl characters. Just imagine Laura Croft, or I don't remember the name of any girl character. So, basically, Laura Croft, she doesn't... He doesn't like... San Diego. Yeah, true. So, basically, he doesn't like that kind of character, because... It's kind of 
not real, a girl could be that tough or something like that, as he might say. But the thing is, he acknowledges the art style of MLP. He say it looks nice, the animation looks good, but I won't be a fan. Well, you know what? I think that, you know, that was one of the things that the Milo Pony did really well was having a lead character. Twilight Spark is the main main character. She's smart. She's an egghead. She's not, you know, a ditzy girl. And that's new for girls' cartoons. Most girls' cartoons, the lead character isn't intelligent like that. Usually ends up being kind of dumb or ditzy or obsessed with image or whatever. You know, it... And I think that was that was something I know of particularly Nash, uh, our site coder at Everfree Radio. He really loves Twilight Sparkle because she's smart and she, you know, and and she still is treated you know with respect in the show. And I really like that too. I think that it's great that there's a show where you can have a strong female lead who is not an idiot or not ditzy. I and that's part of the reason why I really like Twilight Sparkle is because yeah, she's intelligent. You know, she makes a good main character. And that's something somebody has once said, too, that I thought was kind of important and true, is that what this show proves is that gender doesn't have to be the defining characteristic of how characters are, well, defined in a a show. I mean, the main characters are, are female. That's not important. I mean, it's important in a sense, but it's not the key emphasis of the show. People aren't watching it because they're girls. She, they're watching it because the characters are, are awesome. Like, Fluttershy's really shy. You know, uh, Pinkie Pie is absolutely insane. You know, it, the characterization isn't about the gender. And it's and I think that a lot of cartoons for a very long time had these horrible stereotypes of what girls are supposed to act like. You know. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. And uh, it was really just shallow and materialistic and, and stupid. And and Lauren Faust did an amazing job of just completely removing that from this program. And uh, and I talked to her about that at BronyCon June. I said, you know, this is, I think, the defining reason why this show is amazing is because you've redefined what, you know, a lead female character can be. That had nothing to do with the question you asked, did it? <laughs> No, I mean, it was pertaining to my story, really. But, I mean, it's true. For me, what attracts me to MLP, besides the fan community, is the character and the story, believe it or not. Like, a character would be awesome, no matter how you characterize them. But story is key in a show. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good story to tell, no matter how good your character will be, it's just going to be... Yeah, just a character to decide. It was the the kind of argument that people present that in MLP, the characters have multiple dimensions. It's not like how Saber Spark put it, they're not with a permanent smile painted on their face. Yeah, I would agree with that. Saber's good at wording things like that sometimes, when he wants to be. (laughs) I'm Uh, terrible. Saber's a good friend of mine. He's a... Well, Bernie Breakdown, his show is on EFR, and and we talk all the time, so... I give him crap all the time. His documentaries <laughs> are really good. He's working on a new one. Um, yeah, the, he's been working really Brony hard. On, yeah, Brony Chronicles, and we're going to be playing that on Everfree Radio when it's finally done. It's going to be a multi-part series. It's going to be really cool. Oh, that's interesting. I, I really can't wait. It's going to be awesome. He's and he's been working so hard on it. I can tell you guys, like, whenever I talk to him, 
he's always he always has to put down what he's doing with the documentary to talk to me about whatever else. I mean, he's just been um, really, really like spending hours upon hours a day getting it done. I think he he feels a personal responsibility to do it right because he did he did get funded as a Kickstarter, so he wants to make sure he doesn't let people down. And I think that's a great attitude to have. And so I'm excited to see what he comes up with too. Wow. He interviewed me for that at Everfree Northwest. And the funny thing is that if you watch the videos from Everfree Northwest, you'll see me on the panels or whatever. I had just had a haircut. He interviewed me before the haircut. <laughs> I had really, really horrible shaggy hair. So when that documentary comes out, it's going to be me with hair in front of my face. It just I look worse than Ed from uh, from Acoustic Brody. Like oh. I've got ridiculously long hair. Oh, boy. This <laughs> gonna WK be... hair. Oh. No, not even that cool though. Like Andrew WK has like long cool hair. My hair is just like poofy and horrible. Oh boy. Well, we 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 have to see that. I just had a haircut <laughs> earlier today. Don't remind me. <laughs> so, okay. Well, those are the four basic questions, and I think we can move on with the show. All right. Mm-hmm. So, in the next topic is housekeeping. And in housekeeping, the first ABH meetup was a success, and all of the bronies were awesome. Our hosts, me. Norman Sanzo never felt like I was out of the loop, and it was really easy to talk to them. Getting to meet Black Griffin was amazing, and the interview was so awesome. You can listen to the interview in the link in the show notes. So, guys, I got to meet Black Griffin. You that guy's still awesome. a lot of jelly in me. <laughs> no comment. He's awesome. He's awesome. I talked to him a lot. He's um. He's a great he's a great animator. He's also a really good uh, musician, and uh, yeah, he he does like the best Donald Duck impression. If you ever talk to him again, ask him to do Donald Duck because he can do it perfectly. Oh, I I don't think I'll be able to because he might be moving to the states and never come to Malaysia again. Oh, so sad. You should bother him on Skype or something. That's what I've had to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Good try, good try. I did get, I did add him on Skype, so I could try to bother him. <laughs> you should. You should tell him that Final Draft told, told you to ask him to do Donald Duck voice. <laughs> okay, we'll do. But his um, hoity-toity voice or his shining armor is pretty good. He's really good at it. Yeah, like he... That guy is probably going to end up doing He's voice like acting. ultimate brony. I mean, music... Vector art, animation, dance, and what can he do? I, I like this line that Jack Blitz said. Um, he said that Black Griffin is not human. He is a perfect being, an android who absorbs voice actors, actors, singers, and animators. I, I think something like that. So I think Jack Blitz might be right. Jack Blitz is usually right. I love <laughs> Jack's is another good friend of mine. I if he's listening to this, Jack Blitz. I want you to take a second. I want you to sit down. I want you to be calm. Put down that dumbbell because you know that you're lifting weights right now. Just put it down. All right. You ready, Jack's Blade? Harvey Dent. See, now he'll get that joke. He, he loves that that video, and he can't help but laugh every time that's mentioned. So, it, yeah. it's You know what? Could you bounce him the link to this episode once we have it up? Oh, yeah. No, I'll let him know. I'll tell him that I left him a special me- a special message a special message. You derp too. This is a derpy oh. episode. Oh, it happens, you know. And the other thing too is that uh, uh I've I've been um, what is it? I've got a little bit of toothache, so I put on some some Novocaine stuff, and oh. uh, 
Oh, no, it's fine. It's just that it was causing like a little bit of numbness. So, blah, blah, blah. anyway, I'll tell him that there is a special message in the episode for him, and he'll listen and he'll know the joke that's coming. But he'll. <laughs> that's okay. okay. Thanks. Yeah. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Very dense. Can we trust him? He will. Yeah, he he thinks it's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, and Norman, I heard the episode, and I have to say that it was a really, really great one. It's like the first. It was Black Griffin's first ever interview in front of a live studio audience, and we just made that happen. I mean, you just made that happen. Um, I well, it was kind of spontaneous, really. Um, what we planned was actually to get him on the show for a normal recording, but he said he was busy with his um band, so we couldn't do that. So basically, what we had to do was... Go to him. Yeah. Basically, if you can't get him on, you go to him. And um, you said that, you know, all the time that we're probably not ready for a live show because of the way we dirt. You carried that episode really, really well. Uh, thank you, but I had a lot of bronies to help me. You know what the thing is, though, with any kind of live performance sort of thing, you just have to come to terms with the the fact that you're going to derp. It's going to happen. Just And it, you just keep moving. That's all you have to do. Just keep moving. That's so all. The reason why we're doing a lot of episodes so that we can reduce the amount. Like, if you hear from our previous library, if you, like, listen to the raw recording, it's... <laughs> oh, God. Everybody derps. Everybody oh. does. You're human. You know, I derp all the time. If you watch any kind of panel I've ever done or whatever, I try to be as, as smooth-talking as possible, but everybody has a derp moment, and all you got to do is just laugh at it. True, you know, indeed. Keep moving. When you derp in a live audience, it's kind of... You have to admit it that you suck and move on because, well, that's what I did. If you if you guys notice what I did, yeah, I, I said that I can't do a live show. I basically bash myself in, but hey, whatever. It worked. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on to the next topic. And the next Sorry. topic is news time. So in today's news time, we have brand licensing in Europe features Alicorn Twilight. Brand Licensing Europe posted a picture on their Twitter promoting Furby. What's striking about the picture is a picture of Alicorn Twilight in the background. Either some guy was just messing around with the layers in Photoshop or we have a huge Twilight fan working there. Pictures can be found in the show notes. So guys, Alicorn Twilight, what do you think? I think the branding department didn't know what they were doing. Honestly, that's that's the sort of thing that, you know, doesn't just like... If it was something down the line that was going to be, you know, seriously, you know, a part of the show or something, it wouldn't be in their vector folder. It wouldn't, you know, the, uh, the branding or the guys who just developed the, uh, the banner or whatever, they aren't going to have access to that sort of stuff. So I think what happened, honestly, is that they said, hey, we need, you know, Cute Twilight standing in this pose, and somebody got lazy and just slapped something together. Or... Alternatively, someone decided to do that and see if anybody noticed. <laughs> Funny enough, the tweet is gone. Seriously, the tweet is gone. No link for the tweet. Seriously. Oh. I, I would have added in the show notes. I saw that they didn't want people to guess. Honestly, Hasbro's on top of this stuff. If they see something like that and they think it's going to like somehow cause confusion, they will get rid of it. But I think bronies will blow this out of proportion. Uh, we're bronies. We're not blowing out of proportion. I just find it funny. I think it's hilarious, and I would. I bet that that banner, you know, if somebody found that on eBay, it would go for a lot of money. And I got Twilight. What's not to love? 
Like, we just had a new princess in town. She <laughs> oh. has a wing. She can teleport wherever she wants to go. Jeez. Oh, God. This just reminded me of something. Friendship is witchcraft. <laughs> you know how Twilight wanted to be a princess? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, looks like her dream came true. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's move on to the next news topic. Um, Daniel, you want to take this? Yes, and... Ladies and gentlemen, Phillies and Gentle Coast Season 3 has been announced. So after months of waiting, the date for Season 3 is announced. Hub's Facebook page, they put up a teaser picture announcing big news coming tomorrow, Every Pony. And when they mention Every Pony, you know it's for us bronies. Somehow, someone at Entertainment Weekly thought we bronies have waited long enough. So they announced it before the Hub could. Okay, I didn't know about that, but yeah. The date of the premiere of Season 3, mark your calendars, folks. The date of the premiere of Season 3 will be on the 10th of November, so mark your calendars, get your DVR ready, cancel any plans you have on that day, and make sure you pay your internet bills if you're here in Malaysia streaming it, because Season 3 of MLP FIM is starting. And you can find the picture that the Hub posted in the show notes as well as a link to the Entertainment Weekly. You can find the leaks in the show notes. Well, it's not really leaks, it's just, well, okay. I was trying to make a pun. Oh. feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make a pun. Because <laughs> we always said leaks can be found in the show notes, leaks can be found in the show notes. So it's like, leaks can be found in the show notes. Oh. Oh. Okay. It's a feel pun. Do you see how, you see how we link pun. that together there? Do <laughs> you see that? Make a note of it, alright? Just... <laughs> Terrible. Oh, I hate those those funds. I don't hate those funds, but those funds are ridiculous. Oh man, I knew that. Okay, I knew for a long time when season three was going to come out because I hear things and uh, and it was really torturous. Like about a couple months ago, when people are saying it's got to come out in September, I'm thinking to myself, no, it doesn't. I'm just glad they finally announced it because it was getting kind of close. And most of the time, shows like this will announce when they're when they're beginning way earlier than when Hasbro did this. I guess they were just trying to build up the hype or something. Well, hype has been built. I, I'm pretty hyped because I, I've been noting something, um, a pattern that Hasbro's been doing with My Little Pony. The way they're marketing it is not the way that they would market it normally for other shows. Yeah, no, if, they, they definitely are treating it differently because they know it's something special. Because, I do think, um, one thing I, I think is kind of, well, I don't even know where I was going with that. Never mind. Uh, from my opinion, I see the way that they're marketing MLP right now is more to an adult style of marketing. Yeah, getting people hyped up after a hiatus is pretty much quite the adult thing to do. Yeah, it's true because kids won't be interested. Well, like, they'll watch anything on TV. Yeah. Which is how one of our friends Zed became a brony because he just switches on the TV and, oh, let's see what's on. All right, let's watch this. Back then, there were no downloads, no. YouTube or Hulu or Netflix and stuff like that. True indeed. I have to say I'm pretty excited. Like when they announced there was an announcement coming out next month. <laughs> wow, announcement for announcement. Wow, Hasbro, that's awesome. Um, the only Saturdays that would be available is on the 10. Give me a second. I need to open my calendar and see when. Okay, it will be on the 10, 17, and 24. My prediction would be on the 20, um, on the 20, on the 17. Sorry. Mine was on the 17th or the 24th, actually. I didn't expect 10. Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting 10. But if you when think I about heard it... 10, I was like, all right, guys, all of you Malaysians, who here has the fastest internet? 
But if you do think about it, it's a pretty nice number because they had their um, second year anniversary on the 10th of uh, October. So just one month ahead, on the 10th of November, they have the premiere for season three. Kind of of interesting. I'm looking forward to it, but it's going to be just like what happened to me last year. Um, You guys, everyone knows, because I keep mentioning it, that I'm a debate coach. And all of our debate tournaments are on Saturdays, (laughs) which means that what's going to happen is I'm going to get home from the debate tournament and have to go straight to watch the episode. Because all of my friends, (laughs) everybody online will have already seen it, and they'll already know what's going on with it, and I won't have seen it yet. Because I'll have been at a debate tournament all day. It happened every week. Last year, oh, it, it was torture because I'd be sitting at the debate tournament thinking, "Oh my god, this show!" No. I will say that uh, last year it was really shameless. I, 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 when I judge debate rounds, I uh, occasionally will throw in brony references in my ballots. Oh god! Like one oh. time, I said, "Like somebody, if you had used twenty uh, percent more evidence on this side, it would have been cooler." <laughs> Stuff like that. Mm. I've, I've also I went into one round one time, one debate round, and. The whiteboard in the classroom was covered in ponies. Not my doing, just covered in ponies. I was like, this is good. There was like a derby and a pinky pie. And I'm like, I'm all right with this. <laughs> was one of the sides trying to bribe you or something? <laughs> no, I don't. nobody knew at the time. Oh, okay. Nobody knew that I was a brony at the time. And I mean, this is before EFR really was anything big. And I, uh, I, my students, it took them a while to figure out that I was final draft. That was fun. Wow. And then when they found out, that was really fun because I just denied it. They're like, so final draft. I'm like, who's that? And then, yeah, because a couple of my students were brownies. So anyway. Wow, awesome. So yeah, I remember you... when I first, read, I first read about your name somewhere, I'm like, why are they capitalizing final draft? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to come up with a, a screen name. Um, or I should say a, a pony name that, that kind of reflected what I do. And I'm, I'm a writing editor in a sense. I mean, that's a lot of what I do with coaching. That's how I write papers. So that's where the name came from. And, uh, you know, I don't do rough drafts. I do final drafts. I just kind of go through paragraph by paragraph and edit and edit and edit and edit. I'm kind of oh. insane like that. Let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic is a fun one. It's MLP Facts of the Week. I kind of like this because we get to learn about pony stuff. So, guys, did you know in the earlier versions of My Little Pony, Scootaloo and Shirley were sisters? Oh, have you seen G3.5? Oh, God, no. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure it's Shirley bringing Scootaloo over to some (laughs) place, and it's, it's like, demon spawn. I I call it... G3.75 because G3.5 is the chibi and then after that came the newborn cuties which was oh that was terrible it was awful I one time tortured myself and watched a full episode of it I think Saber Spock's computer crashed when it played that episode not sure who mine actually my YouTube hanged and I was like great that's a message from God telling me to start watching I think it was your computer trying to spare you. Yes, it probably was. Or my matter itself. Well, that was not the reaction <laughs> I was looking for. But anyway, did you know in A Friend Indeed, Rainbow Dash reads a Daring Do book while at Twilight Sparkles Library? Makes sense. Yeah, I noticed I, that. I think the layout artists are aware of, you know, they, they know the other episodes that are going on. I bet if we watch closely enough in season three, we'll see her reading more Daring Do stuff. I mean, I hope... Okay, here's what I said in previous episodes for Season 3. I hope that somehow 
the creators create an episode where The Ring Do became a movie and Rainbow Dash is obsessed with meeting the actress for The Ring Do. I mean, that would make a fun episode. That would actually be a good... I, I, I can see that being a decent episode. You should write that as a fanfic. Oh, I, I'm terrible at writing, but hmm, if somebody does listen to the show and want to do it, you have my blessing. You know what? I, I'll say this. I Final Draft has started and never finished a fanfic. Um, I actually wrote half of, it, of a fanfic uh, called Where Was Luna? And it explains where Luna was the entire time during uh, the wedding episode. Oh. And she was not playing video games. I don't care. What people think. <laughs> no, but like the idea is that, you know, I, I, it's what everybody wanted to know. Jason Teeson joked that he thought she was on the moon. Um, I think that, and so I wrote, I was writing this fanfic. I have the structure of it, um, but I never got around to finishing it. But I could see writing that as an episode where Rainbow Dash wants to meet the actress who plays uh, Daring Do. Yeah, I can see that. Right. And it, it could be something like, you know, she it, it almost writes itself. The actress is, uh, you know, she thinks that the actress is just like Daring Do, you know, must be, you know, really brave or whatever. It turns out that the actress isn't, you know, it's just an actress or something like that. And Rainbow Dash learns, you know, not to, you know, take everything at face value or something. I don't know. I mean, and then they're like stunt ponies who does her job. <laughs> Could be. I don't know, but that could be done. That, I can see that working really well. Did you know that Trixie and Chrysalis were both voiced by Kathleen Barr? I did figure that out in, while I was watching it, because when I was first watching it, my reaction was, I wonder if this isn't Trixie. I mean, if this is Trixie, you know, who's hiding and pretending to be Chrysalis. Or, uh, Kate, yeah. And, and I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, and it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it, it kind of makes sense now that, uh, you know, when you think about it, because it's the same voice, you know, so oh. I get that instinct. Well, you could get all that from that, really? Well, I heard, I, I mean, I, when I listen to these shows now, or when I watch these shows, I really listen to the voices, because I like to know how the characterization is done. I like to kind of hear how the actors or actresses, you know, are working, and so when I was listening to the villain, the villain sounded a lot like Trixie to me, and I was thinking... I wonder if this isn't Trixie or, you know, I could tell it was the same voice actor. I just, in the end, you know, obviously it wasn't Trixie, but, you know, it's the same. It is the same voice. It's Kathleen Barr, so, you know, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, there's no proper segue, so did you guys know that Rainbow Dash is the only member of the main six to have a single symbol cutie mark? Yes. Huh. I never really uh, thought about that. I'm obsessed with cutie marks. I love the cutie marks of the show, because... Basically, when uh, everyone is coming to me, I'm like, Daniel, try drawing ponies, try drawing ponies, and I draw the pony halfway, I'm like, you know, forget this. I'm just going to do the cutie mark. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. And the next topic is guest time. So, in today's guest time, we have Final Draft on EFR. So, hey there, Final Draft. Hi. So, so um, mind introducing yourself to the people who might not know you? Yeah, um, well, from Final Draft, I am one of the... Uh, the uh, founding members and, and, and core staff members of Everfree Radio. I'm actually the, uh, the network director and uh, the primary host for Everfree Radio. Awesome. So I do all sorts of Everfree Radio stuff. <laughs> I also, you guys have probably seen me at one of the conventions. I'm usually, uh, I've been the, uh, the panel moderator for 
the voice actor conventions at BronyCon, both June and January, Everfree Northwest, Camelot Gardens, and I'm also going to be moderating panels at uh, Equestria LA. Oh, and I also moderated a few panels at uh, Midwestria, so you guys have probably seen me there. I'm the hunched over guy with the beard. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Mind answering some questions for us? Sure. Okay, so earlier you mentioned a date for how Everfree Radio got started, So, but how did it got started anyway? Yeah, okay, Everfree Radio started in September of 2011. Um, as soon as, I, like, I became a Brony in about August of 2011, and so I started going to Equestria Daily because, you know, back then that was really the only main site that you could go to to, you know, participate in the fandom. And they had an IRC chat room, and so I was in the IRC chat room, uh, and I'd hover around there while I was doing other things. Um, people who were ever in that chat back in those days probably knew me as Sesco, C-E-S-C-O. That was my old screen name. I got that name from a, a pair of safety classes, actually. <laughs> It stands for Chicago Eye Shield Company. But anyway, I hover around the uh, the Equestria Daily chat, and there were some regulars in the EQD chat that I would talk to often. And uh, one of them was this guy, Skipsy, who was an artist. And Skipsy at the time was making clean art, but he was uh, he would have a, he had a live stream he did. So we all ended up going and watching his live stream of him doing art. And he was talking on Skype, and we said, well, hey, add us to the Skype or whatever. So... A bunch of the regulars from the IRC chat of Equestria Daily, right around September of last year, uh, <clears throat> got together on the Skype chat and we just started talking. And we started doing things like watching episodes together and just hanging out. And eventually, uh, at one point, we were watching a live stream, and I think it was a Bronyville thing. And we kind of thought to ourselves, we could do this better. That was kind of the way that we approached it, was like, we could do this better. And, you know, I'm a speech-debate coach, so... I know how to do that. I know about broadcasting on that end. Uh, one of the people that was in our chat was, uh, he went by Discord at the time with a Q, but that was 8-track. He just said, hold on, guys, just hold on just a second. And five minutes later, he came back with everfreeradio.com, and we kind of grew from there. So, whoa. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't as nice as it is now. It was just this placeholder. He we came up with the name Everfree Radio because we wanted to be, like, from an unnatural perspective. It seemed like there were a lot of, you know, different groups in the fandom that kind of had the old boys club. You know, you had to be in with Equestria Daily or Bronyville or whatever to be involved or whatever. And we wanted to say, okay, we're going to come from an outside perspective. And, well, in the show, the outside perspective is from the Everfree Forest. So that's where we got Everfree Radio. And since then, we, uh, you know, it started off just as a podcast, but then we started earlier this year talking to different shows, you know, different podcasts and saying, well, hey, you know, we're trying to build a network, like a, like a TV station only online. And so now we're switching over to now Everfree Network because it's really closer to what we do. Um, so yeah, it's been a very long and interesting process, but, uh, we started off as just a bunch of chat room nerds. Wow, that's what people don't know about. <laughs> oh, that, that's really amazing. So, um, did you ever mention that Everfree Radio will be really that popular? Um, I think what the way I looked at it was that, I mean, because it's not just me doing Everfree Radio. I mean, we've got twelve people who work on it, but I think we all looked at it like we're just going to do it as good as we can, as well as we can, and we're going to do things right. 
And if that means that it's popular, then great. But it wasn't about popularity. I mean, I feel like in a lot of senses, if you guys have ever heard of the tortoise and the hare, there have been a lot that that old Aesop fable. There have been a lot of opportunities for us to take shortcuts to get more viewership, but we've not done that because we feel like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. That was the way that I looked at the interviews that I conducted as well. Like we did an interview with Michelle Kreber. I wasn't actually doing that interview, but, uh, you know, or the interviews that we've done since then with, you know, Ashley Ball, you know, Tara Strong, all all the the VAs and whatever. It's just approach it like you're going to do your job right. And that. I guess has gotten us to have some popularity, but it is funny to me. Like I go to these conventions, a lot of people have no idea who I am and that's fine. I mean, it's not like, it's not like I'm uh, in this for popularity because in the end, this is a fandom and being a celebrity within a fandom. Yeah, sure. It's cool, but it's not what it's about. I'd rather put my efforts towards making the show as good as possible than, trying to make it as popular as possible if that makes sense true i understand what you mean i understand what you mean i i always say this um i do the mbs show because i'm inspired by the fandom that's why i do it but what keeps me doing it is um the motivation of people listening to it because oh yeah if people listen to it even i even if i have like five listeners those five people are interested in what i'm saying each week so I'm going to do my best for them. Like, even though oh, yeah. if they don't reply emails or whatever. So, um, well, but still, I'll just do the best that I can. Well, and that's that's definitely the right attitude to have, I think, too. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's a lot of fun when we have people listening or when an interview I've done has been viewed. Like, the Tara Strong interview I did has been viewed, I think, 85,000 times. That just blows my mind. Wow. You know, and... I think that's awesome. I think it's great that that many people have watched it or rewatched it or whatever. But it's not I, – when I did the interview at the time, my goal was I'm going to do a good or the best interview I can of Tara Strong that I can. You know, not I'm going to make this the most popular video I can. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think know, there I are some groups – there are definitely a lot of groups in the fandom that their only goal is popularity. Oh, and, that's not a good way to look at it. You, you well, When you look at something like that, like – I want to become popular, so I'll just call in this person and we'll be popular. No, not a good idea. Well, and there are a lot of people who do that, but there are also like a lot of people who go in and they're like, okay, I want to be popular among bronies, so I'm going to be a musician now, even though music isn't what they're good at. <laughs> Excuse me. It, it, it's like you get a lot of artists that are like that too. Um, I think the thing I tell people, because I've had this question before where they'll say, you know, how did you know, how did you guys get to do what you're doing? It's like, well, you do what you can do well to the best of your ability. If that means that you are the best, I don't know, watermelon seed spitter in the fandom, well, then by God, spit those watermelon seeds, right? I don't know. If you're the best brony ballerina, be the best brony ballerina. Don't try and be something you're not just so you can have popularity. Because even if you actually somehow get that popularity, you'll be hollow. If you're doing music you don't like doing, you know, it, what what good is that? I understand so, what you mean. I understand what you mean. It's like example for Jack's Blade. What does he do well? He lifts dumbbells and be buff. So that's Jack's Blade. <laughs> he's what? 
he's hilarious. I love that man. Like when I saw him at BronyCon, I just I was like, Jack's playing? He's like, Yeah, and I just gave him a big bear hug. I told him that and I was like, I remembered that story and he's like, Yeah, I got that on video and he showed me the video. I'm like, Well, oh, there you go. <laughs> lifting weights so, again, isn't he? <laughs> he's always lifting weights. I, I'll sometimes be in a Skype call with him and you'll just hear him in the background and you'll just hear clunk clunk. I'm like, Are you lifting weights? He's like, Yeah, man. I was doing push ups earlier. I'm like, God He needs to come up with a witty answer to that question. He's awesome. I got one. I got one. Oh yeah! <laughs> uh, like give no, like give a Bill Ang ball. Here's your sign answer to it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, he's a he's a great guy. But anyway, yeah. exactly. I mean, you participate in the fandom, you know, or or don't participate in the fandom, but participate in the fandom in a way that's like best suited to what you do. You know, what you really enjoy doing. Don't look at it like like a search for popularity because. That's that's how you're gonna fail. I mean, if your only goal is to be popular, then you're not gonna really do anything worth seeing anyway. You know. I understand. I understand. So my next question is, how does every free radio operate? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, what we do, I mean, what, what do you mean by operate? Like, like how do we? In general, how does it work in general? Um, in general, what we've been doing is we've been picking up you know, shows one by one, uh, like Equestrian Choir or whatever. And then we just kind of look at the schedule and say, okay, well, you know, what time works? Well, they're on Wednesdays. That's a good time for them. So they, you know, they, they broadcast on Wednesdays. Um, my Part of my job with Everfree Radio is picking which shows, you know, we, we broadcast, but also when they broadcast and, um, and, you know, just placing them, you know, on the schedule. The thing is that there aren't, we aren't at the point yet where, for example, it's 24-hour shows. I'm sure if, we, if this fandom keeps growing the way that it's going to, I think, uh, that down the line maybe that will be the case. But a lot of it is just, okay, it's, uh, you know, we have an opening here. Here's a show. Put it there. Done. You know, um, we used to, like I said, we started off as a podcast. Uh, and our podcasts were about an hour and a half long. They were formal episodes. And we'd, uh, we have an introduction. Um, I was the host of it, so I would introduce the episode, and then we'd have a couple of segments, usually an episode review, and then a... Uh, fanfic review, um, if I remember right. Yeah, we did fanfic reviews, and then we did music reviews, and what we learned was that an hour and a half was a really long time for our podcast, and that people liked to just watch certain sections at different times, so we just started splitting it off into what we call mini-casts, and since then we've just decided... If we're going to do a fanfic review, it's just a fanfic review. We'll just put that up there, and now we're going that EFR Presents. And the same thing with interviews and uh, episode reviews. Um, those, in general, we assign them to different staff members based on what they're good at. Like for fanfics, Moonlight is great at fanfics because he's read everything. Um, Bones is a uh, really opinionated guy, so it's kind of fun to put the two of them together and have them argue over a fanfic. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, or, or like episode reviews, we try to balance it out because when you do episode reviews, you don't want to have too many people reviewing at the same time. Otherwise, you just don't have any idea what's going on. So usually we've got a pool of people that we can have epi- do an episode review, so like Crescendo or Moonlight or, or sometimes Sockware has done it or uh, myself or Bones or, you know, there's usually a group of people that we can draw upon and we'll just say, okay, one person is going to lead it and then we'll have two other people in on the review. So... Um, as for the website, the website itself, uh, 
has been coded a lot by Nash. He did a lot of work to make that website, you know, happen. He did most of the coding on our radio station as well, our music stream, like just developing a program to draw upon songs. Um, and then like for our new site, everfree.net, Nash completely uh, coded that and did all of the background programming. And then we have a graphic designer named uh, Sean, a.k.a. Sterling Pony, who came up with like some of the visual elements and uh, yeah, so it's a big project. I work on Everfree Radio stuff like 13, 14 hours a day. It's wow. constant. Wow. Like every time I get on my computer, I'm, I've got something like twenty emails I've got to slog through. Um, my job is I'm overlooking so much stuff, and especially with all the conventions this year. Mm. Um, like when I get on Skype, I usually get like. Hundreds of messages and stuff. I mean, it's it's all good stuff, but it, it takes up a lot of time. So it's a lot of work. But again, what really drives me and I think what drives the rest of the crew is trying to do the best job possible. Because we really do want to create, you know, as good of a website for the fandom as possible and, and trying to make something, you know, yeah, reliable and professional and respectable. Because, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I can understand because um, from what I see of Everfree Network, Everfree Radio Network. Um... Yeah, and they're interchangeable. We, I have a hard time switching because we're we're switching over to Everfree Network. Everfree Network, I what I've seen of it, it's really good. Well, it's almost done, and in fact, uh, probably by the time this episode airs <clears throat> that we're recording right now, uh, it it should start redirecting to EFN. Um, EFR mm-hmm. is kind of our brand. We known for you know being everfree radio but the truth of the matter is that we do so much stuff that's all over the place it's not just radio radio implies it's only audio we do a lot of you know video type stuff and chat we have a chat room we have uh oh man we've got everything so the point is is that we wanted to uh to represent that and our old site that we had like the current one everfreeradio.com um hopefully by the time this airs we'll have everfree.net done but the old site everfreeradio.com it's in its second iteration, iteration, but it's a very, it's a blog, and there's too much stuff. And if we try to post everything, stories get pushed down to the bottom. It doesn't, you know, it just, it's not a very dynamic website. And, you know, we kind of did a little bit of market research, as it were. We kind of asked people, okay, what do you think about our website? And most people, you know, when, when they're talking directly to us, they're like, oh, yeah, we love the website. But then if they're talking amongst themselves, they're like, well, it looks like a blog. It looks kind of boring and there's no real reason to keep going back there because when it does update everything disappears or whatever it's not very dynamic and mm-hmm. so we decided to completely start over and build the site from scratch and that's what everfree.net is so that you know it's it shows more information and it's more interesting for people to go to because it doesn't make sense to delude yourself like everfreeradio.com it's not a bad website i mean it's a current website i mean and it did its job but we're not just a podcast anymore, and it just can't it can't handle all of the awesome that we want to put out there. So okay, yeah. I understand. I mean, like with progress, you need change, and to change, yeah. you need to move on. You've got to be able to criticize yourself. You have to be able to go, "This isn't good enough," and everfreeradio.com wasn't good enough, and that's why we're changing. And Everfree Radio as a name didn't really match what we were doing, so that's why. We're switching to Everfree Network. We were going to switch to Everfree Media, but uh, we actually tried to register our name as a company, and it was too close in the state of Texas to Every Free Moment Photography. <laughs> oh. <What? laughs> yeah. 
And so now, now and again, we'll kind of joke around like, yeah, so I work for Everfree Moment Photography. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've got to remember that one when I meet you. <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. Okay. But uh, you can do make a name card with every every free moment photography just struck out at <laughs> every free radio. Oh no! Because <laughs> we totally were gonna you know steal their business or whatever. I need to go and find them and be like, "Hi, you're the reason that." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, how do you find your the talents for every free network now? So for example, like Dusty Cat and the QV Art Crusader, Saber Spark and Paleo. How do you find them? Uh, well, basically, I keep my eyes open. For different groups, so I'll uh, or you know other people in the in the crew. Like I'll give an example. Eight uh, track actually found QDR Crusaders. Um, they're the MLP Vector Club. They did a, a podcast called MLP Vector Club Weekly, and he found that, and it was getting like maybe fifty views a week. It was really pathetic how many views they were getting for how good of a program they had, and not not that they're pathetic, but like the, the viewership was bad, and so. 8-Track came to me and said, well, hey, Draft, there's, you know, this art program. You know, we don't have an art program. I'm like, oh, really? So then I go and I watch what they had, and then I I contacted them through DeviantArt, and I talked to them on Skype, and I said, hey, this is your program, and, you know, we want to maybe adapt it and put it on EFR. The thing is that this is something people don't know, is, like, Everfree Radio does not micromanage how these programs operate. We don't touch them. We just give, we say, okay, Here's our chat. Keep it PG because Hasbro's watching because they are. Sometimes I'll get emails like, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> like, the art department's like, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear from them once in a while. And they, uh, and I'll say, just keep it PG and, uh, you know, and, you know, let's agree on this time. Let's do this. And then there you go. Have fun. And they do their own editing. They do their own, you know, content. 99% of the time, they have their own guests that they figure out on their own. Like Dusty, okay, Dusty's show was my idea. He didn't have a show before that. He was just doing random videos on YouTube. And I contacted him. I said, look, you're funny. You're personable. I think you could do a live show really well. And he goes, wait, people would want to watch me live? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> of yep. course. That story, actually. He did tell you that? Yeah, because he said, like, you know, he entered the EFR stream and nobody believed it was him except for you. Oh, yeah. And no, then I they do. went to Skype, and then he said, "Then he said, are you a, are you a Dusty Cat? Well, prove it.' <laughs> yeah, I do that. I do that in the chat room in our IRC. Uh, sometimes people come in and they'll be like, you know, they'll say like Alex S or something. It's like, okay, you need to prove that you're Alex S. And if you are, then in our chat room in IRC, we can give voice to certain people. So if people ever go into the Everfree Radio IRC and they see like a little plus sign next to someone's name, that means that's actually who they say they are." So, yeah. like, sometimes Living Tube still will be in there, or Silva Hound, or... We, we even had Sim Gratina in there one time, which was really cool. Wow. And I tell them, I'm like, prove it. Prove it to you, because there's so many fakes. I was one time in a live stream with uh, somebody claiming to be John Hoseko, <laughs> and it was hilarious, because <clears throat> as he's talking in our live stream, saying, you know, uh, you know, yeah, this is John Hoseko, I'm working on art or whatever... I went and saw that John Oseko was live streaming at the same time. And I said, oh, yeah, so how's that uh, that rarity you're drawing? Oh, it's pretty good. And you could tell he was drawing like a Twilight or something. It's like, yeah, bull, you're fake. And then I quit out. So, yeah, we <laughs> – well, Dusty is one of those characters. You have to – I had to make sure it was actually him. And then I was like, yeah, by the way, you should do a show. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, do a show. So when he does his show, he gets his own guests. He – 
sets it up. And I think that's the thing is when people see that we're broadcasting the show, they're like, uh-oh, EFR took over a show. Dun, dun, dun. No, we didn't. We just broadcast it. They do their own thing. I always thought that you guys get the guests for certain shows, like for Dusty Cat. I thought you got Peter New for him. Well, sometimes I help out. Like, if he wants, he actually got Peter New himself. He talked to Peter New at a convention, and he actually ran that himself. Sometimes, like, if he says, hey, I really want to talk to Lee Tokar or something, then he'll say, can you you help me get Lee Tokar for the show or whatever? I'll say, yeah, and I'll help out. But generally speaking, he finds his own guests. Like, and sometimes if I have an idea, like for example, a couple weeks ago, he announced, or no, Saber announced on his show that uh, Lauren Faust was going to be at Equestria LA, and that was one where I knew that uh, that was happening, and they needed to make an announcement. Equestria LA did, and I said, well, okay, well maybe I can see if Saber can announce it, and then I'll come and I go and talk to Saber. I say, okay, well, hey. They're going to have Lauren Faust. Do you want to make this announcement? He's like, yeah, sure. And then he makes the announcement. So occasionally I'll, like, connect people, but I'm not going to say, okay, your guest next week is this. You will do this. You I, That's just way too much work, and it's a waste of time. And plus it would ruin the show. I mean, it's really my perspective that this fandom's real strength is in its creativity and in people's individual independent creativity. So people being able to go and do things the way they want to do them as opposed to being micromanaged. Because if I went around and tried to micromanage every detail of every show, it would just ruin them. They would, nobody would want to watch it because it would just look all the same. And it would just be a lot of unnecessary work. So, And that's the way I kind of look at like our website too. Like When we built everfree.net, we wanted to make it a, well, a hub or a place where people could come and uh, – you know, and find stuff and then move on to other things or, you know, go get connected to other places. Like, for example, we do cross-posting with the Roundstable, which is a news source. Mm-hmm. And the Roundstable, they do awesome articles. Like, they do proper citations for them. They do really good research. They're very uh, professional. So they do a better job than we could do if we tried to slap something together. So why not cross-post with them? Why not have their articles post on our site? And if you want to read the whole thing, you click it and it goes to theirs. That's something other websites haven't done yet. Like Equestria Daily hasn't done that. Um, when they have an article, they'll reprint it or they'll they'll make you click another link that will bring you to another Equestria Daily page. At Everfree Network, we're trying to make it so like, let's for example, down the line, if there's say an art site that we start working with that, uh, you know, if you want to see a work of art, you click on that. It goes to the artist's page. It doesn't go to another page that's on EFN because in my opinion, that's, a more democratic and you know positive way to build a fan website. It should be a, a jumping point because some people have accused Everfree Radio of taking over stuff. I couldn't if I wanted to. You know, people are like, "Well, you know, you're trying to take over the fandom. How? How do you take over a fandom? There's no way to do that. That's like saying I want to control the internet. It just <laughs> it's crazy. And I don't. Even, I would rather you know promote independent projects and say, okay, well, here's where you can find this sort of thing. It's kind of like Google. It'd be like if Google, people said Google's trying to take over the internet. No, they're trying to show you how to get to different areas of the internet so that you can do your own independent thing. No, but in similar context, like how Google has acquired other services like FeedBurner, Gizmo5, and um, yeah. Blogger, and YouTube also as well. Like That is uh, acquisition. I think some people are confusing acquisition and just broadcasting. 
Well, I think yeah, it is true. There's there's like acu- their acquisition or whatever. What we've been doing with Everfree Network, Everfree Radio, has not been necessarily acquisition so much as just mutual promotion. See, if when when we put uh, Equestria Inquirer on our network, and then we have Dusty Show on our network, then they both can share audiences. Mm-hmm. So that like Dusty's fan will watch Equestria Inquirer, Equestria Inquirer's fans will watch QDR Crusaders. By having it on the same channel. But having them independently run, you, you still have that independent energy, and they still are doing their thing. They still have their fan base, but they're also getting other groups' fan bases. You know what I mean? I know. It's similar to this one podcast I'm listening to. It's called Big Red Barrel. Basically, what they do is one reviews PlayStation games, one reviews movies, one reviews um, games from a UK point of view. So, I mean, I can understand what you're trying to do. The thing is that people on the surface, though, they'll look at it and say, oh... Well, EFR is now running Equestrian Choir. No, we're not. <laughs> Equestrian Choir is running Equestrian Choir. And so it's on a show-by-show basis. But I, I do think that it's kind of cool that this fandom has produced so many, you know, podcasts and shows like yours, you know, as well, that, that people put their, their efforts into and that other people listen to. And I think that it kind of is something that had to happen at some point that, you know, somebody would come up and say, okay, well, let's make a channel for all of these things. And that's what we're trying to do. EFR does a great job of being, if I could say, it's a it's a content aggregator. Well, yeah, we kind of try to be. We're we're kind of growing in that direction. Um, some people have said, "Well, you're trying to directly compete with other websites." It's like, well, no, we're just trying to do our job as best we can. If that means that there's some crossover, well, we're going to do it the best we can. And if that means we're doing a good job, then then that means we're doing our job right. Because so. uh, like in even in my car, because I really have lost a lot of my patience with the local radio. So they can be they, they can all five stations on my car can play the same song at the same time. So oh god, that's how it's that's how crazy it is. So when I have a data plan, I'm actually tuned using my phone. I use TuneIn Radio and I I lock into the EFR stream because even though it's automatic, it has a great variety of content, which is kind well, of what they say bigger. That's that's Nash. He actually worked in the programming that it chooses songs based on voting like if you if a song is voted up a lot then it has a higher chance of playing but mm-hmm. then it also has a, a built-in thing for playing new music or underplayed music so i think like 25 percent of the time it's going to play a song that hasn't played you know a certain number of times but it also it has a it built in so it weeds out uh unpopular songs so if it's like I think if a vote goes down to negative fifteen on our site, you're never going to hear that song again. Yeah, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I tried to re- I tried to request a song that had negative twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's. Which song was that? Um, the Internet Friends by Circuit Fry and Ozzy Asher. Oh, I don't know if I. It's from Balloon Party, the encore album. Well, apparently people didn't like it. <laughs> it is quite annoying, but I grew to I grew to it. So yeah, but the good thing about EFR is that just. You tune into EFR and there's probably new content every single time you're listening into it. That's what I, that's what I love about it. Well, that's definitely because Nash coded it that way. I mean, and we thought about at one point having DJs. We do a couple of DJ shows like Lunar Republic Takeover with the you know Nightmare Moon or whatever. Mixology. Um, Mixology, yeah, I love it. One trick is she never will admit it, but she's awesome at DJ. Not well, she'll admit it, but she's always. That's the funny thing. She'll be like, I'm so nervous being on air. I'm like, shut up, you. You're good at it. <laughs> like, seriously, I listen to that, too. I groove on that. I play some Minecraft listening to that. So, and She keeps playing JB stuff. I love it because JB is awesome. 
Okay, so uh, my next question is, how do you find the guests and is it easy to get them on? It is not easy to get them on. How do I find guests? Well, I mean, you mean like the voice actors? Yeah, generally the voice actors. Well, I mean, basic thing is like when we started off, we're like, okay, well, we want to talk to the voices of the show. So who plays who? Okay, Nicole Oliver plays Princess Celestia and Shirley. So I went and uh, I looked up Nicole Oliver and I contacted her through her agent and then I ended up emailing back and forth and arranging a time and there you go. And the thing is too is that especially this year, Hasbro has been very, very, very cautious about who they let talk to who. So I've been in contact with Hasbro quite a bit just to get approvals so that we can say, okay, yeah, we're approved to talk to this person. And then we then talk to the agent and the agent I talk. and uh, Yeah, so I talk to a lot of agents. <laughs> like to give you guys an example, it took me five months to get the Tabitha St. Germain interview lined up. Oh. Wow. Five months. And I would say about, oh, 40 emails because I knew Tabitha's agent and I got Hasbro's approval, but, you know, they're also very busy. So it's also a lot of scheduling and it's a lot of rescheduling um, because, yeah, they've got conventions to go to and things to voice. and It's a lot of work. I've had some people send me emails saying, so can you send me the contact information for all of the voice actors? And I was like, no, no. I can't. <laughs> send them a Google link. Just the links to Google homepage. Oh, yeah. It's and not just, there. That's, yeah, no, it, in the in the entertainment industry, it's really, really bad form to spread contacts without permission. No. Um, and so, like, people say, well, how did you get these uh, these guests? It's like tons and tons of work. Indeed. Tons of work. Well, I'll tell you, like, the first step towards getting any VA on your show is to know what you're going to ask. And ask yourself this. Are you getting them on your show because you want to talk to them? Or are you getting them on your show because you're trying to find something out about who they are, etc.? So my next question is, do you get nervous when you interview your guests? Because I know I do. I actually don't. I don't get nervous. I find that doing these interviews, I mean, they're people. The, the voice actors are people. And if you remember that when you're talking to them, then that will help with the nervousness. I think the other thing that helps is that, like, when I coach speech, I tell my students, any kind of performance or any kind of interview that you do is a symbiotic process in that when you go up on stage somewhere, the audience, with the exception sometimes of some jerks, <laughs> the audience wants you to do well. They don't want to watch something awkward and stupid. They'd rather see something fun and informative. and you know, So they want you to do well. And you want to do well. And so they're kind of, in a sense, rooting for you, you know, which people don't think about often. I mean, if, you're ever, if you've ever been to a theater or to a movie, you know, you don't go in there hoping that, that you're going to see a failure. Sometimes you do if it's like a really crappy horror movie. But, I mean, for the most part, you're, you're going in there hoping that they'll do a good job because that's the most entertaining. And um, so back when I was like in eighth grade, when I was like 13 years old, I used to get really, really nervous in front of a crowd. And I actually was uh, on my way to a band concert. I was going up on stage with my trumpet, and I tripped and fell flat on my face. And I think that was the moment where I realized I didn't care anymore. Like, if you can fall and get up and keep doing your thing, then the audience will love you for it. And so I got over that nervousness pretty quickly because I found that it didn't really, um, it didn't really help I will say I've been excited for interviews, like 
especially when you first start off and you first start interviewing voice actors, and it's like, oh my god, I'm talking to the voice of Spike, or oh my god, I'm talking to Twilight Sparkle herself. Yeah, it's fun, but getting nervous just makes things worse. And again, they're people. Plus, now I've done so many of these interviews, and I've done all these these panels at these conventions that, for me, it's kind of like, well, I kind of know them already. So, I will say, like, for example, at Camelot Gardens, John DiMaggio was there. John DiMaggio is the voice of Bender from Futurama. When I was growing up, or I should say when I was in high school, Futurama was one of my favorite shows ever. And I met him for the first time in Ohio. And I was excited to meet him, but was I nervous? No, because he's still a guy. You know, he's a voice. And I think people need to remember that. So I think it was funny to me because some, I get nervous about other things. Um, and, I, like, for example, I didn't want to do karaoke at Midwestrian because I thought I was going to sing the wrong notes on something. It wasn't that I was afraid of the actual singing portion. It's just I didn't. I felt nervous about, you know, doing the song wrong. Whereas at BronyCon June, when there were 4,000 people in the room and 5,000 people on my live or on live stream, not my live stream, but I have a free radio's live stream, that didn't make me nervous at all. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I can understand. So um, you said you were a teacher, right? So how has this affect your interaction with your students? Well, I'll, I'll say this. like, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm going for my teaching licensure. I don't actually officially, officially teach, but... <clears throat> Um, I do work in a high school, um, and I do work with the debate team, and for two years I worked with the speech team. This is my fifth year coaching debate. I try to keep it separate to an extent because I look at it like if I'm coaching debate, then I should be coaching debate. I'm not, you know, I'm not bronying out. Like, my job is to coach debate. Now, sometimes students of mine may or may not be bronies, and then they find out that I'm involved with Everfree Radio, and then they... You find out that I've interviewed these VAs and whatever, and then they kind of come. They're like, Mr. B, how could you? And, like, you know, I, my favorite is, uh, I've told this story a few times, but one of my students, Joey, uh, found out that I was Final Draft from Everfree Radio, and uh, he came up to me at one of the practices, and he goes, hello, Final Draft. And I said, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I completely denied it. He goes, whatever, it's totally you. I said, I certainly have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, so you've never seen My Little Pony. I'm like, what? Would it make me 20% cooler if I had? Oh, my God. And he, and he just gave me this deathly glare. And then we did our regular practice. The next time I came in, he came back. He's like, oh, my God, you interviewed Kathy West. Look, I hate you. I'm like, that's very rude, Joey. Why would you hate me? <laughs> you know, just, I, I'm very evil with my students. And, he, and he, he's like, how did you do, wh- how does it, what is this? I don't even, I'm like, Joey, we don't worry about such things. And I certainly have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well. So yeah, yeah, to my students, like, I've been to a couple uh, speech tournaments where people will be wearing, say, a brony shirt or they'll have like a derpy bag or something. I'll give them a bro hoof. Yeah, I'll do that, but I won't, uh. I don't go out of my way. If somebody came up to me and said, oh, my God, are you final draft from Murphy Real? I'd, I'd pull them aside. Yeah, I am. But, you know, you're here for a debate tournament, right? Yeah, okay, we'll go debate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I try not to let it affect the tournament or the, the coaching because then it's a disservice to them. Because, honestly, the majority, the vast majority of any of the students I have are not bronies. They have no idea what it is. Or if they do find out, and they're high school students, so most yeah. of them already know at this point. Um, 
they generally they're just kind of like, okay, well, I guess you know, I guess Mr. B is part of uh, part of the Brony fan, and that's kind of weird. Whatever, you know. They know that I do conventions and stuff because uh, because I go out of town so much for that. I try to keep it separate. It is fun though. I love to troll my students. Like I actually got a voice actor on the phone one time with one of my students, and uh, they they were doing their character, and yeah, that that made them geek out. It was fun. So wow, that's awesome. I wish I had a teacher like you. <laughs> well, you know what? At this point, I mean, I've been doing so much work with Everfree Radio and with you know broadcasting. I don't know if I'm going to end up going to teaching or not. I mean, I'm good at it. I like it, but. The other side of it is that there's a lot of politics involved with teaching, and also it does not pay very well at all. You work your butt off for nothing, at least in the States. And uh, so, I don't know. I enjoy coaching, though, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. Okay, that's awesome. So, um, those are my questions. Daniel, do you have any? Yes, a few questions. First of all, um, you mentioned about uh, what you could be doing in the future. Did you actually study communication, or did you study language? I actually didn't study either. I, when I was in college, I uh, I did classical civilization as my major. Oh, um, so that's ancient Rome, ancient Greece, and then I uh, I did a minor in art history. I thought I was going to go into archaeology. I love archaeological stuff. I love history. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, I'll go into history teaching because that's associated. But uh, when I was in high school, I was a debate student, and I did debate and. I've always had a fascination with communication, so now when I've been in graduate school, I've been trying to focus on that a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, I've always had a fascination with it, and it seems to be something I'm good at. So that's kind of where my background is on that. Wow, that's interesting. Brony studied the most interesting things out there. Indeed. Well, you know, I, I call my degree in classical civilization a degree in unemployment because you can't really <laughs> get jobs from it. <laughs> Wait, I got a question. Um, have you played the game Civilization? All the freaking time. And let me tell you, I it's been a while, but Civ 5 and Civ 4, yeah. I had mm. played Civ 4 for hundreds upon hundreds of hours. And Civ 5, apparently, they just came out with an expansion I haven't bought yet that has the Byzantines, and I'm geeking out over that. Civilization 5, they had the Celestia mod. <laughs> I don't put mods on video games. When I play games, I don't put mods on them, because oh, I'd okay. rather play the original game. But when I was playing Civ 5... For the longest time, I was playing as the Koreans because uh, the Koreans had a scientific bonus, and I really like the Huachas and all that. But um, yeah, I'm I've played my fair share of Civilization, and I love it. But I always do the same thing in Civilization. I build up my civilization as much as possible, and then I try to take over the rest of the world. I just try to go and like attack every country. And anyway, well, who wouldn't? Uh, when Civilization Six comes out, Korea's gonna gang down the whole world. <laughs> There you go. Gundam style will be like the civilization trait. Oh no! And we'll have all sorts of Gundam. It'll just, just be Psy, the unit Psy. He just does the Gundam dance, and you just hear him go whoop, 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 whoop. Oh no! Walk all down. <laughs> move on, move on. All right, all right. So, um, yes. I looked at your pony sauna, really, really nice. I like that fluorescent touch it has to it. So where did the idea for all that come from? Oh, you mean the the OC? Yes. So, uh, I just picked colors that I liked. I I knew that it would have to be a unicorn because how would an Earth pony operate a typewriter or a you know a keyboard to do writing? I mean, did you watch Ponyville Confidential? <laughs> we don't worry about such things. <laughs> the thing is that. Uh, 
I knew it would be a unicorn. Some people are like, I gotta be a Pegasus. No, I, I don't care about the flying aspect. It's cool, but it seems to me that the Pegasi are supposed to be more athletic. The unicorns are supposed to be more the intelligentsia, and then the, uh, you know, the, the Earth ponies are like the hard worker as well. I'm definitely not a hard worker. So anyway, uh, and I really like blue, and I really like that kind of teal look. So I kind of tinkered around with the the colors and, and came up with that, and uh, and I used the pony creator to create it. I did that actually before I was final draft. I did that as uh, when I was back in the days of Sesco, just for fun. And then when we were making Evergreen Radio, it used to be we had a banner that had all of our OCs on it, and. Uh, so like, well, what's your OC? So I was like, oh, okay. So I went back and dredged that up. And I really like the colors. I love Final Draft's colors. Um, I like that blue. Is, is that banner you're talking about the same one used in the Everfree montage that plays on the video? That video is ancient. <laughs> yeah, but it had the same yeah, OCs in there. Um, ah, okay. That video was like from November of last year, and we're going to be replacing it. So, mm. um, yeah, because there are some people on that, or some OCs on that banner who aren't staff members anymore. They just aren't doing EFR stuff anymore. And also it's missing some people. So, because we've had some staff changes, you know. Some people join, some people, you know. Understandable, understandable. Oh. Since um, Everfree Radio is really expanding and your listener count is going so high, have you ever overshot? I noticed you're using Shoutcast. Have you ever shot the listener limit? Mm, no, we have uh, relays. We've, we one time went over 400 listeners one time and it caused problems. But we have relays available. So they're set up so that if for some reason we went over 400 listeners at one time, we go to a secondary relay. Of course, down the line, if 8-Track ever listens to this interview and hears me saying that, you would be like, no, no, we're going to do it this way, this way, this way. We, we've got it set up so that if it does go over a limit, we'll have a system for it. But we did one time, I think, when it was something with Michelle Kreber and I think Tombstone was in on that thing. And we had a live cast that, like, I think we had a total of 700 people to say. Mm. Wow. So we did break livestream.com, though, during BronyCon. Um, <gasps> Whoa! During BronyCon, we had the, the highest globally rated broadcast of the weekend. And it was, I think, 5,000 people watching at one point. And then, That's almost course, as much as the people that's over there. There were more people on our live stream than at the convention. That often happens. Norman and I were on the live stream watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you guys remember when it kept like crashing and getting derpy, yeah. it's because yeah. the internet was all was uh, the venue and internet was bad. But then also livestream.com broke. We broke their servers. Oh, oh no! And also derpy set the light on fire. I love that. I was there for that fire. The fire was pathetic. It was just a little bit of a spark. And, you know, plastic melts or whatever. It wasn't even anything scary, but of course they evacuated the building. I love though what I did. I came up to Zephyr Sparkle, the uh, the vice chair of BronyCon, who's now the chair of BronyCon. I came up to him right after the fire at the convention, and I looked around and I said, Zephyr, is it a little dim in here to you? It's <laughs> like one or one more light or something. And he just gave me this like horrible look. And I just I couldn't help but laugh my ass off. It's just it's a little dim in here. We could use a little bit more light. Maybe one more light. <laughs> you sir are a troll. A little bit, yeah. I like to do that. So um for Everfree Radio, have you ever considered you expanding even further, like buying a slot on Sirius XM or Shortwave Radio? I don't know that we need to. I mean, we're it, most places you can pick up Sirius nowadays. You can get Wi-Fi. Maybe not in the middle of nowhere, but 
maybe down the line. I mean, honestly, the thing is, it costs us a ton of money to run Everfree Radio, just tons of money. And we don't make money off of listeners. Like, if we have 5,000 listeners, you know, on Everfree Radio, we're not making any money off of that compared to whatever, because we're not a pay service. People don't pay to participate. So I think before we did that, if we were going to go to Sirius, we would need to, like, do some heavy like advertising selling and we would have to monetize everything. I mean, we've ended up having to monetize some of our videos on, on YouTube just because we need to start paying server costs. Um, and we sell t-shirts. So we try to raise a little bit of money just to pay our base expenses, but we don't make a profit. So I'm going to say that generally, you know, we might consider doing like people have asked that too. You know, can you do a shortwave broadcast? Can you do a, uh, what is it? Can you be on Sirius or XM or whatever? Oh. Not against the idea. Yeah, it's just that in order to do that, it would require a lot of money we just don't have. Maybe down the line, if we become that immensely popular and thousands upon thousands of people want to hear us, maybe that'll happen. I'm not going to say no. You never know. True, true. Never say no. Yep. Yeah. So uh, actually, I want to ask also about how the acquisition of rights to play music on EFR is like. Does being a non-commercial station have an advantage there? Well, the thing is that we, when we get music for our stream we make sure that the music is publicly available. So basically if like an artist posts a new song and they post a download link and say, okay, yeah, you can download the song here. That means that it's open to the public, you know, that they're not trying to sell it. If they are trying to sell it, then we'll talk to the artists like, uh, like Silva Hound had an EP and uh, Chain Algorithm did. And, you know, so some artists are trying to, you know, sell their music and, and it makes sense because they put a lot of work into it. Mm-hmm. So we don't just up and, throw things on the stream unless it's either publicly available already for free or we've gotten permission or you know we've asked the artists themselves but because it's fan music and because we're not selling it or something it makes it really easy in terms of legal stuff because if we were trying to sell it as our own or something then when we need we need to go through all sorts of paperwork for the right to play the music i mean it's already publicly available stuff or we've already made arrangements with with the artists themselves. Okay. So, and we don't, we used to allow downloads. We don't do that anymore. Okay. So if people see a song, they can go and find it. You know, we'll keep, you know, you can go to the playlist and you can see, okay, well, what's played that they can go and download it or buy it or whatever. Uh, if you've noticed, there's been a rise in a lot of regional podcasting. Like we found out very recently that even the Philippines has their own little live stream. Australia has a small live stream there as well. And uh, there's, they're doing it for brony content. So do you have any advice for someone who would be looking to start their own little pony live streams? Well, I think first and foremost, you need to make sure that you are doing it for the right reason. If you're doing it because you want it, like I said, like I said before, if you're doing it because you're just looking to become popular, then that's the wrong reason. But if you're doing it because you think that the bronies in your area um, deserve a podcast and like, you know, could use some representation, or that you think that, let's say you're making a, I don't know, a podcast out of Fiji, right? And you feel like the Fiji bronies need uh, you know, need some representation or whatever online. Well, then, yeah, then that's the right reason to do it. So that's my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is it's good to have some sort of organization. Because if you just go and you just start blabbing and don't have any kind of structure whatsoever, then people aren't going to want to listen because you aren't accomplishing anything. And then I guess the third and final piece of advice, and this is true for pretty much anything you do, do the best you can at what you're doing. Don't don't half-ass it. Don't 
you know, take shortcuts, do the best you can, and that's how you're going to be most successful. Because if you go into it, you're just going to do a lazy podcast where you're not going to get any listeners because nobody wants to listen to people who don't care about what they're doing. So there you go. True. I I can 100% agree on that because the work I do each week, oh, they won't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, they never know. It takes way, way, way more work behind the scenes than people realize in order to make a decent show, especially if you're editing. (laughs) And it takes a lot of time. Norman knows it all. (laughs) Funny funny enough, um, some people can do it uh, for five hours. I I do it for 12. Oh, my God. (laughs) Editing is a painful process, and I'm really glad that we've got some awesome editors at Everfree Radio, like Cowboy Dave and One Trick and uh, and Oatmeal and uh, and 8-Track. They've all done a lot of editing for us, and like I can't, I can't do audio editing. I'm terrible at it. But you know, then again, they don't necessarily want to make all the phone calls, you know, or they don't know how to code, and so we've got a coder. So that's that's another thing. Make sure you have a structured staff. If you're going to have people, make sure you know what each of them are doing. There's a trend in the Brony fandom that you know, because friendship is magic, whatever, that somehow the staff needs to be this. Uh, like, everybody needs to be exactly the same in everything. So, like, I know some groups that have these circles of, you know, five or six people that run a website. None of them have a set role. They just all run the website, like six of them. That's worthless because nobody's going to ever agree on anything. Find what people are really good at and give them those roles. Like, with EFR, what we do, Nash, for example, is the site programmer. I'm never going to tell him how to program because he knows how to do it. That's his role. If somebody else came in and wanted to do programming, I'd say talk to Nash because he's the guy who knows how to do that. That kind of a hierarchy, that kind of role division can save you so many headaches. And people say, well, that's not fair. No, it's, you know, it, it's not about fairness. It's about who is the best at what job. So if you're starting a podcast or you're starting something, Make sure you know exactly what each person's role is and make sure there isn't too much overlap because if you have too many chefs in the kitchen or whatever, it's going to be impossible to get anything done. It's true. I I can agree on that because the way I do it is I manage the show, I edit the show, but since we got Daniel on, we now have a podcast and I'm proud of that. I mean, without Daniel, our show is nowhere. Well, thank you, Norman. Sounds like you guys have a decent dynamic going on, too. So, I mean, I'm saying this kind of in for, general uh, because there's some sorry. groups that will be like, okay, we got 20 bronies who all want to do a podcast. All right, let's get everybody in. It's like, oh, God. Roar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Rumble. Oh, God, 20 people podcast. It's like, no. I mean, what happened is Norman and I, because we both pretty much have a, the same kind of skill set, if you would say. Both of us can do audio editing. So, let, let's say if he can't do something, he'll toss it to me and most likely by the time I'll pick it up and do it. So... We don't have well, a very fixed position, but we have the chemistry. But you know what you're, each of you are doing for any given week. Like, you know one of you is editing, the other one isn't or something. It's not like you're both trying to edit the same thing at the same time or something. Like yeah, you, you, that, that won't work. That won't work. I've been meaning to do that, actually. Just for that, the, you know, to see what comes out. That would be lots and lots of work. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, you'll develop your, your dynamic and... Yeah, there's going to be some crossover. It's just you don't want to have multiple people doing the same job at the same time because that's a waste of time. Would EFR be probably up to host a con- such a convention, maybe? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love your reaction. It's awesome. So, so 
hard to run in the first place. You have to be insane to start a convention in the first place. And I, I've worked with all of the different running conventions. and They're great people, but they, they're just crazy for even doing it. It just, you could do it. Okay. I've asked, people have asked me if Everfree Radio would ever host an Everfree Radio convention. And the answer is no, because it would take way too much time away from everything else we're trying to do. And we're a media group. Could we do it? Yes. Will we do it? No. It's just a matter of putting our time and resources into what we want to accomplish. So. And so you many. have just debunked one of these myths in my head. I thought Everfree Northwest was organized by the EFR staff. Oh, no. No. We're not. We're different groups. And yeah. people don't know that. And people keep forgetting that. Uh, I, I was like, okay, wait. Is Jody working with EFR? No, he's not. Oh, okay. Oh, Bajati, he's, he, okay, Bajati's a good friend of mine. Um, no, he does not work for EFR, and we came up with our names independently around the same time. Uh-huh. So Everfree Northwest is because they're in Seattle, and that's Northwest, and there's forests in that area. And then Everfree Radio, because we're coming from the unnatural perspective. But when I first heard about them, I thought they stole our name. <laughs> um, and I told them that, and they're like, no, you stole ours. I'm like, well, when did you register your name? I'm like, well, we were forming our convention in July. I'm like, when did okay. you register the name? And they said... November, and I'm like, well, there you go. We've been around since September, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> still our name. So, I don't know the time though, people will send me Skype messages like, how do I get tickets to Everfree Northwest? Like, good question. I'll ask them. Or I had other ones like, you know, like, um, yeah, I'm having a problem with my credit card on your website. I'm like, nope, that's not me. No, wait, you donating? No. No, well. You know, the, uh, what is it, like the, uh, the registration or something. Now you could have just but, asked them why you like to do a donation or something. Oh, I could do <laughs> Throw them off. No, <laughs> uh, I just take too much time. Well, what do you mean? And I have to explain that we're separate groups. So I'm just constantly saying, nope, Everfree Radio is not the same as Everfree Northwest. Different groups. <clears throat> it's going to get even worse now because uh, Everfree Northwest, their initials are EFNW, and Everfree Network <laughs> is going to be EFN. Oh, oh. no. And network, uh, network, if you take the syllables apart, it's NW. I know. Oh, God. Well, we've been telling everyone over and over and over and over, but... Yeah, it, I mean, Everfree, Everfree, it, it's kind of like a common sense sort of thing, but it's also... Yeah, we, we're separate groups, and none of our staff are on other staffs, so... Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Good, so the, the myth has been debunked right here on the MBS show. <laughs> so, um, you know, since you mentioned about EFR staff, all of them, the big team that you have working together, have all of you ever been in the same room under one roof? No. The most number of people we ever had in one room, I think, was five. I think at Everfree Northwest, we had myself, 8-Track, uh, Nash, Cowboy Dave, and who was the fifth? Uh, Heatwave. Mm. Um, and I know I'm forgetting someone. Dusty oh, Well, he's not staff member. He just oh. you know, he does his show. The one yeah, EFR at the end of the Twitter handle. Oh, okay. That was that was five EFR staff members at the same time. So that was the most we've ever had in one room. Um, yeah, none of us live in the same. Like we, the closest person to me, like I live in Minneapolis. The closest person to me who works on Everfree Radio is uh, Dave Cowboy Dave, who lives in. South Dakota. He lives in the western part of the states, like a nine-hour drive away. Oh god! Well, not one of us, with the exception of Sockware and A-Track, 
all of us live in different states. None of us live in the same state even. Or a lot of us live outside. Like, like uh, Moonlight lives in Canada. Nash lives in Sweden. Uh, Crescendo lives in Britain. Uh, Sterling, our graphic designer, lives in Australia. Wow. Um, yeah, we're all over the place. Well, that's why I like these conventions. That's why it's always fun. Like, Equestria LA, um, I'm going to be able to meet up again with 8-Track and with uh, Dave. And uh, let's see who else is going to be at that one. Um, Nash is going to be there. He's flying all the way from Sweden to Los Angeles. Whoa. Again? Yeah, cool. he he does a lot of flying. Um, and then, you know, some of the shows. So, like, Dusty's going to be there. Saber Spark. Yeah, actually, I should say Saber Spark is our newest staff member. It's interesting. He does his own show. That's how we started working with him. But then he really, really, really wanted to work with our website. He's like, I really want to be a member of your staff or whatever. So uh, we brought him on as a staff member as well. Oh. So, yeah, we're treating his show as a separate entity, but but he's also staff. Anyway, he's from Georgia, and he'll be in uh, he'll be at Equestria LA. So there's a lot of people that you know that we all know. Our friends are all going to be there. So it's fun to have those groups there. But it's so crazy these conventions when all of your friends are in the same room. It's just insane. Um, like at these conventions, I just go absolutely bonkers. If people ever see me like at a convention, not when I'm up on stage, but when I'm running around. Um, they'll know what I'm talking about, where I'm like, hi, okay, yeah, boop, bop, bye, okay, bye, yes, this, okay, move on. <laughs> wow. I mean, if it helps for five of us, the five crew of the FBS show, we haven't been in a, in a room ever before in our lives, like all five of us in the same place. Well, the max was what, um, three? Three, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wish someday down the future we could have a gigantic, ever-free staff meeting, but... That would require tons and tons and tons of coordinating. I mean, it's, yep. yeah, there's so many. That I think we have, like, 13 staff members, 12 or 13. I'll have to count them up at some then point. Then we have an alumni dinner and everybody's there, you know? <laughs> wow. Well, that, wow. that's going to be awesome if it happens. Yep. Oh. I'm a freelance photographer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a balloon decorator. <laughs> you know, if you're a balloon decorator, you get along with the head of... Uh, of Las Pegasus Unicon, because apparently that's what she does for a living, too. She's balloon. a balloon decorator as well? Glittering pony? She does balloons, yeah. I don't know if she does decorating with them or something, but she does uh, balloons, yeah. Oh! Oh, that's cool. I thought I was the only brony balloon decorator in the world. There was somebody at Caroline Gardens making brony balloons. Like, okay, like I'm little... not that good. <laughs> well, no, they weren't that good either. <laughs> but they were trying, and that's what's important. True, true. Yeah, I've tried and I failed. My Plus they had helium, so a Pinkie Pie kid, a Pinkie Pie cosplayer breathed in a bunch of helium and then she went, you're a conger, can you get conger? And uh, I think Ash, or not Ashley, uh, I think Andrea Lindman heard that rolled her eyes or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everfree Radio has come so far in just two short years. And um, just a little look into the future. Where do you see EFR about 12 months from now? I mean, we asked you about near future and stuff, but how about just 12 months from now? I think that my goal for now is to get Everfree Network or Everfree.net to be the best hub site for the fandom it can be. Um, And what that means is that making it more accessible for, you know, people to find music and art and fanfics and, you know, media as well and, I still want to uh, I 
still want to focus on interviews and, and making sure that, you know, we're also, you know, getting more information from the people behind the scenes. Like I've been lining up a lot of interviews with different groups as well uh, to, to try and show what the fandom is all about, but also to entertain people. And I think what I'd like to keep doing is, is kind of expanding the scope of what bronies can, uh, can be associated with. So like, I want to interview people who are associated with bronies who aren't necessarily bronies themselves. I want to interview voice actors who are, you know, fans of, uh, of the show, but who aren't necessarily the voices on the show. I want to, I kind of want to get a broader scope of what the impact on general society is. I think the Brony websites so far, the Brony groups, have been really, really honed in on just Brony and My Little Pony associated stuff. And that's good, and that's that's the core foundation of what things are. But I think that over the next year, I see Everfree Network showing how that connects to other things, you know, and... and for example, Ashley Ball, the voice of Rainbow Dash, has this amazing band called Hey Ocean. I love Hey Ocean. I've seen them in concert. So twice. do I. Hey Ocean. I'm going to awesome. see them in concert at the end of the month, and I'm super excited. Um, they're amazing. I, will, I we're going to be doing an interview with the band about the band. Now, oh. is that 100% pony associated? No, but it's something that I think fans who are coming from this fan base would be interested in, like to see what energy. Plus, they're just an amazing band. They're so good. But yeah, I, I, okay, so overall, long story short, too long didn't read. I see Everfree Network expanding to cover things associated with the Brony fandom, not just specifically only Brony stuff. We're going to try and become a better source of content and you know a place where people can go to find things and then go on to... like. To find artists and then go to those artists' DeviantArt pages, you know, or to to find music and then go to those musicians' SoundClouds or whatever. Basically, make it so that there's a website because right now the websites that are out there uh, have a very top-down approach. They they repost things almost like they're their own, and then you know you you're stuck on their site to see it. I want to make a site that allows people to to find things using the site, but then to go on and, and, and support those artists and support those writers and musicians by going to their websites and, you know, having their comments there. So instead of yeah. kind of hawking that attention, spreading the attention, that's what I want to do. And that's what we're trying to build. So final, what was your reaction when we invited you on our show? Well, whenever people want to interview me, I'm always like, they want to interview the interviewer. <laughs> right? To me, it's kind of funny. Um, I think it's fun. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool, why not? Um, and if they're out of Malaysia, that's awesome. I think it's cool that there are, you know, that there are brony groups globally and, and that, that you're able to uh, to get an audience, uh, you know, really anywhere for this show. I think it just shows what the kind of quality of the show is. So, yeah, when I saw the email, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do this. It's just a matter of scheduling. And it turned out that today was one of the few Saturdays that uh, I don't have a debate tournament. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I was surprised that you wanted to do an interview today because, like, oh, he want, like, oh, I got plans here and there. Like, oh, let's see, how can I spin it? No, today, today worked out well, and then, then Kathy Westlock called an hour before the, 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 uh, the interview time, and I was like, okay, well, I can, 
I can wrap this up in an hour. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Like, um, we seriously had something to do at that time. So it, it was a mixed blessing, like um, a mixed bad. So a good and yeah. bad. So it, it was, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it works out well. No, I'm, it's fun to, it's fun to do these interviews. It's weird for me because I'm an interviewer. So I'm, I'm like the whole time I ever do an interview or if I'm being interviewed, it's actually kind of a learning experience for me because it's, there's a big difference between being interviewed and interviewing. So um, I have this one last question, and do you have any questions for us? <laughs> That's an evil question to ask as an interviewer. I, well, okay, I have a question yeah. for you then. If you're going to ask me to ask a question, I'm going to ask my evil question I ask during interviews. Just <laughs> if you guys could have one thing from the fandom, what would it be? Well, you know, I have an answer for that, and it's going to be even more evil. Now. Well, um, since we're a podcast, an up-and-coming podcast, um, we need subscribers. We need feedback. Oh, that's not evil. That's smart. That's what you want. <laughs> I thought you were going to like uh, actually ask for something evil. No, no, that, uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's um, true. To me, it's evil because it's not a straight answer. <laughs> do you have a Twitter account? Oh, yes, I do. And the show use has it. it. Use it, use it, use it. That's the and best way. It as we speak, actually. Oh. But I got no idea because he's managing it right now. Yeah, we take turns. Indeed. Oh crap! <laughs> now we just to- now we just told the world who operates the account. We'll <laughs> fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. Okay, we're not supposed to that because people are asking us who's operating the account. We're like, I don't know. It's just made. Somebody did it. I don't know who's doing it. <laughs> it's a robot, sweetie bot. He's she's helping us. <laughs> <laughs> Sweetie Bot. I, I asked Claire Corlett if she had seen uh, French Friendship and Witchcraft, and I asked her if she's a robot, and she's like, maybe. <laughs> but for me, what if I could have one thing from this fandom? It's yeah. a really hard question to answer. I mean, first thing comes to mind is a portal to Equestria. Do you really want that, though? Because, I, I don't know, people are like, yeah, I want to go to Equestria, I want to go to Equestria. I think that everybody would like what they would do, this is just the truth of the matter, and I'm willing to say this even though Twilight Sparkle's best pony, they would go, they would find Fluttershy and torment the poor girl <laughs> with constant hugging. <laughs> they would just not be able to let go Fluttershy, oh my god, and then, like, poor, poor Fluttershy. I, I actually took it from this perspective when I saw it was up an image macro posted, and it's a very, very good um, perspective gave on a portal. You see a portal in the wall that leads to Equestria. It closes in 10 seconds. Will you jump? Will you be missed? And it took me a long time to answer the question whether yes or no. Like a lot of people say, yes, yes, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, wait, let me think about this. I know I only have 10 seconds, but still, let me think about it. Well, it's one of those thought experiments. I can tell you right now my answer is no. No, because first of all, there's no such thing as a portal to Equestria, so that means you've gone crazy and you're going to hurt your head against the wall. But second of all, even if it was real, you know, it's a show that's supposed to espouse ideals that you can translate into the real world. And your job as a brony isn't to hide in Equestria. It's to spread the best things that you've, you've learned from life. And, you know, some of those things might be from the show, some of them might not be. And, and to affect positive change on human society. If you're jumping through a portal to Equestria and you can't come back, then you've basically given up on humanity. And I, I'm not willing to be that pessimistic. I think people should, they should try to 
that's my my phrase. They should try to affect positive change. Well, I'm, I'm being honest. I'll be honest. I've had those moments when you know I felt like just you know as forget about this. Let's just you know. We all yeah, have, we have. That's the thing. We all have had those moments, and the, the the part of the human experience is taking those moments and growing from them, make the, making them make you stronger. You know that I honestly think that the most brilliant people are the ones that have gone through the most pain, and the people mm-hmm. who are the most caring have gone through the most suffering. And I think that. Uh, it's your job, especially bronies, because bronies are often an ostracized group. It's not your job to go and hide in a question. It's your job to take your experiences and affect positive change from them. Do something with it that's worth, you know, humanity's time. You know, I don't know. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree because I'm thinking, of, now that I'm thinking about it, like, would I jump? Because I have a lot of responsibilities here because I have a show to run. <laughs> <laughs> who who would speak for the Malaysian bronies indeed, without you? Indeed. Oh, but yeah. you you want to know something? Like I think Black Griffin is already in Equestria. Oh, because of that 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 pinky in real life animation. No, I mean, how the hey does he record all those videos of the ponies talking? Like, wow. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's already there. But well, if you want me to go to a bit more down to a bit more realistic, it would be a ticket, an all expense paid to BronyCon. Really? Yes. Oh, that would be... That, well, there you go. Put it out there as like a... You could do like a, a Kickstarter. You could say, send this to BronyCon and we'll report or something. So, Final Draft, you're a debate coach, right? I am. So, um, since you're here, we, we, me and Daniel here want to debate. So, I'm going to prove who is best princess. You assign us a princess and we'll debate about it. Well, I think if we're going to do this properly, just so that the audience knows what's going on, we need to set time limits. We need to set a resolution and decide who is affirmative and who is negative. So our resolution today is resolved that Princess Celestia is a better princess than Princess Luna or something to that effect. I say Princess Celestia is best princess better than Princess Luna. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the affirmative will argue for that, saying that Princess Celestia is a better princess or the best princess. The negative will argue that Luna is a better princess there will be two minutes on either side, and then I will judge who made the better arguments at the end of all of this. And this is about the most truncated version of a debate ever, but it should be fun. Um, so I have pre-selected Norman. You are going to argue the affirmative, a.k.a. Celestia's best princess. And uh, Daniel, you are going to argue, you're going to argue the negative, that Luna's best princess and you guys have already said that if anybody tries to argue Cadence is best princess, they're disqualified. So. Indeed. <laughs> so when you guys are ready, I've got the timer here, and I will listen to both sides, and then I will I will pass judgment as objectively as possible. All right. So uh, I'm ready anytime. Ready? I am ready anytime. All right. I've got the stopwatch. I'm going to be ready for this for a while. <laughs> I got no idea what to say. Now, I'll give you one last rule. You cannot interrupt each other during your time periods. No interjections. No objections? No, no interjections from the other side. Okay. Phoenix, right? No. This is not, no objections. This is not a, uh, a presidential debate. No interrupting. You've got two minutes. I will give you a 10-second warning, and then I will cut you off at two minutes. So, are you ready? All right. All right. On the count of three. One, two... 
three. All right. Princess Celeste is the best princess because she raises the sun and moon for a thousand years. Where was Luna during those times? What, stuck on the moon? Why? Because she did something bad. So Celestia had to lock her up because she was a bad, bad pony. And who was the one that discovered the main six? Celestia. She was the one that planned everything out to the minute detail to get everything planned to get her sister, Princess Luna, back to normal. And, oh boy, I'm dropping so hard right now. Who is the most popular princess? It's Celestia, not Luna. How many blogs or Twitter does, sorry, um, how many blogs or Tumblr posts does Celestia have? And Luna, it's just a few. Like, oh boy. Time. <laughs> you got, okay, I'm going to pause it. You have one more minute left. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, calm down, calm down, don't worry. I got no idea what to say anymore. She's not my favorite princess. Do you want to wait? Now you can. I think you can actually. Um, you are you're allowed to um, attack the other side. Oh no 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 no! You've got okay. You've got two things. You can you can waive the remainder of your time if you'd like. Um, that's an option. Uh, and then, I guess. See, the problem is if I open it up to cross examination. It'll take an hour oh, because yeah. you guys will just squabble forever. <laughs> yes, that's true. No, I mean, but, but, I, but I'm going to do something hilarious. I'm going to give you guys a two-minute cross-examination after the negative. So the negative has got two minutes to respond with the uh, arguments as to why Luna is best pony instead of Celestia. So now it's Daniel. It's your turn. And then after that, we'll do the two-minute cross-examination. Okay? All right. All right. So... On the count of three. One, two, three. Well, I disagree with the statement that Princess Celestia is better than Princess Luna because, for one thing, the elements of harmony were controlled by both the princesses. But after a while, after the disappearance or the banishment of Princess Luna, it took her return to bring the main six together and discover that they, in fact, were united by Princess Luna in her form of Nightmare Moon. So basically, it is Luna who actually united the main six. Basically, Luna has a, a much different, um, sorry, a much different character from a lot of other villains in the movie. Why is this so? Look at look at Chrysalis and look at Discord. Both of them did not end well. Discord got turned back into stone. Chrysalis has been sent to God knows where. But Luna was redeemed. Luna was forgiven by her sister because. She was defeated, but in the end, she did not continue to wage on in you know the spirit of eternal darkness, even when she was no longer Nightmare Moon. She, in fact, went all the way to Celestia, knelt down before her, and apologized. And that is a noble value. Celestia bows to nobody. Luna has, the, has actually got the modesty to bow down to her very own sister and ask for forgiveness, which she was granted. Right. How much time do I have left? 30 seconds. Okay. And Princess Luna is presented in many other blogs as Gamer Luna. And that Gamer Luna character is so prominent throughout the internet because Gamer Luna is popular. But Celestia, we have incarnations of her who are more negative. That's Trollestia. That's Pinklestia. 
and there's I don't know other Celestials. And therefore, I would say Luna is the better princess than Celestia for these reasons. All right, all right. Now you have two minutes cross examination. So one person is going to be the the examiner, and one person is going to be the examinee. So one person gets to ask questions of the other. I'm going to do a coin toss to determine who is asking which questions. Uh, I am going to be tossing actually a Turkish coin. So who wants heads? Who wants tails? Heads. Tails. Okay. So did I hear Norman? You got heads. Yep. All right. And the coin toss is for tails. So. Daniel, you are going to be asking Norman the questions for two minutes. So, you guys ready? Should I answer? Actually, I would. I'm not very familiar on what there is to cross-examine in this. Like, what kind of questions? Well, you ask. You ask questions of his arguments. You say, "Okay, how did you? You know, you, you find flaws in the arguments, and you uh, mm. and you try to, to disprove what he had to say." Okay. Okay. See, I think I, I spent my two minutes earlier doing that already. <laughs> You ask him direct questions. All right, here goes. Ready? One, two, three. So, Norman, you mentioned that it was Celestia that brought together the main six. Where is this shown that Celestia was the one responsible for bringing the six of them together? Celestia planned everything out because she knew that Twilight Sparkle would come and use her awesome powers. And she knew that Applejack would be at Manhattan. Like, she planned everything out. Because she's the princess, and she's been seeing signs of it for a thousand years. Next question. Yes, and therefore, would you think that Celestia is... Okay, sorry. Uh, Celestia may be a more popular pony on the internet, but... Are you aware that she is the more neg- she has present she's presented in more negative forms because of how she has gained a reputation as a troll as well? Oh, the problem here is she's a perfect being. There's no doubt about it. So, perfect beings do not have any flaws. So, people on the internet they can't stand it. So they need to put flaws on her. So that's why they call her a troll. They call her a well, I'm not going to say that another blog, but you know what it is. So, the perfect being, being too perfect, needs to be villainized? Yes. So, wouldn't that mean that if you are imperfect, uh, if, sorry, if you are perfect, you actually stand to not really be the best out there? Oh, that's a trick question there, because she is perfect as in... In many ways, she knows her flaws. She knows when to say sorry and when not to. She stands her ground firmly. Now, she she banished her very own sister to the moon. I am very sure that there are many, many alternatives to this. Discord got turned to stone. Chrysalis got banished. I think I don't know where she is until now. <laughs> and uh, Cadence, got ban- uh, Cadence got sent all the way to the underneath Canterlot. And I'm sure Princess Celestia is capable of spells like that. Why would why would she choose, of all things, to banish her very own sister to the moon? The thing is, she is the moon spirit, the moon goddess. So what better place than to put her in her place? Okay, so I gave you guys an extra 30 seconds. That was two and a half minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I gave you extra time. Okay, so now it's time to render judgment. <clears throat> 
I've taken notes of the arguments on both the affirmative and the negative side. Um, so are you guys ready for my assessment? Yes, sir. Yep. And I'm going to do this as extemporaneously as possible. So this is this is what I coach students to do. <clears throat> I'm going to take a swig of water here because you guys are about to hear an official final draft speech on this topic. Here we go. All right, I've had my water. Here it goes. In this debate, the affirmative has argued several issues regarding what makes Celestia the better princess between Celestia and Luna. Uh, the first issue that the affirmative brought up was the idea of Luna's absence in the past thousand years before her reappear reappearance at the end of uh, of the Some the opening episodes. Yeah, no, 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 that that's that was a nightmare mood. So I was I was trying to. Think of the first episode. I always forget. I always forget. It's a. Uh... Oh my there goodness. Friendship is magic. There in the moon. No, it's not. It's it, it's. I think it's friendship is magic. Actually, yeah, yeah. combined two episodes are called friendship is magic. Part yeah, one is for sure. Okay. So, elements of harmony. So the affirmative argued that Luna's absence until the end of the episode of Friendship is Magic for thousand years represented a lack of leadership on Luna's part. The affirmative also argued that Celestia was the causal reason why the main six formed as a group, and then tried to argue in terms of internet popularity of the character, her appearance in blogs, as well as her uh, appearance in visual media and art and references throughout music. The affirmative tried to defend the negative assertion that Celestia appears as a troll online by clarifying that the character was flawless and that, uh, that as a result, the internet would naturally attempt to mock that, that perfection. The negative argued, however, that Celestia was not the reason the elements of harmony came together, that the, they coalesced as a result of Luna's behavior in that by being that villain for them to unite against, Luna was serving an important role in forming their unit. Furthermore, and I think most importantly, the negative argued that Luna was redeemed and had a sense of humbleness that was she was willing to bow before Celestia and admit wrongdoing and therefore show that she was willing to better herself. Moreover, the negative attempted to argue that Luna has a gamer persona online that is popular, which is a much more respectable position rather than Trollestia or Molestia. However, th this judge de deems that line of argument to be irrelevant and almost unresolutional to this argument today. So, in judging this debate, I vote for the negative because, first of all, Luna is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a biased judge! But second of all, because I think crucially, uh, Daniel and the negative argued that uh, Luna has the ability to be redeemed as well as admit defeat, and actually there is a track record to show that Celestia is not a perfect being because Celestia was defeated by Chrysalis uh, in, in the past, hoodwinked by other uh, by Discord, clearly she has flaws, and but she's got pride as well, and that's keeping her from admitting her flaws. So I think Luna's ability to adapt and uh, to be redeemed makes her the better of the leaders. And again, like I was saying earlier in this interview, her experience coming from the perspective of a villain, or her experience of you know suffering, or for that matter, isolation makes her more attuned to the needs of ponies, and I think that that, that makes her 
best princess. And for those of you out there arguing for Cadence, you're disqualified. <laughs> well, that was fun, and I thought I was going to win. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what the problem was? You argued flawlessness when she wasn't uh, flawless. And, and if you really boil it down, as a character, Luna is more appealing because she... Uh, she is flawed. We know she's flawed. She admits she's flawed, and she adapts from her flaws. And I think that that's what's important. You know what? In I, this regard. Plus, she's my favorite pony. <laughs> now, now that I'm thinking about it, why am I angry? Like, Luna is my favorite princess. <laughs> I'm gonna find a because you were debating. That's I know, but oh my god, I am. Because you were debating. That's the magic of debate. It gets people to argue things they usually wouldn't, and uh, yeah. that's why I have so much fun coaching it because. You know, when, you, when you're coaching, debaters have to argue both sides of an issue. And I knew going into this, you know, for the audience who's listening, I knew going into this that I was switching the roles, and that was intentional. Because yeah. that makes you think as objectively as possible about the, the issue. Wow, that was fun. I, I thought love, I... I love role reversal debates. Uh... Oh, yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, yes. Really fun. Thank you very, very much uh, for Thank that. you so much. But... So for you guys at home who are listening, if you don't agree with Final Draft's answer, you could always vote. And for those of you at home who are listening who don't agree with Final Draft's answer, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put it in the um, poll that I'll be posting. Next time I see Nicole Oliver, she's just going to strangle me. (laughs) And just a side question about that. Have you ever moderated a pony debate? Ever. Actually, people have asked me to do that, and I haven't in the past, but I am starting to think that maybe I should set one up for a convention or something. It will be fun. assign the affirmative and the negative and follow. I have an entire debate schedule that you can follow that takes about an hour that would include cross-examinations and rebuttals and, and all of that. So, yeah, it's something that could be done. It would be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, from what I experienced, it was nerve-wracking and fun fun at the same time this was awesome oh yeah yeah and we're yeah. we're really happy to be like the first people you have first brony debate you've ever moderated oh it would be i think it would be great i love debate as an activity i think it's just there's there's no harm in there and you could do stuff like you could you could do all sorts of resolutions resolve trixie's best villain you know resolved uh what was it uh party of one is best episode yeah and then you could you know, reference uh, evidence, and you could cite sources. I, I don't know. It, it, you could do a lot with it. Well, that'd be awesome. Like, oh my! If, if you do do it at a convention, I, I want to see it because, oh my god, that's so awesome. I want to be a part of it. Tell the conference <laughs> responded or something like that. I've had some people say that we should have a pony debate show on Everfree Radio, and I thought about it. It's, I'm not against the idea. It's, it's something that might. Might have to happen down the line. We'll see. Okay, so anyway, thank you, Final Draft. So let's move on to the next topic. And, well, we reach our end. So my shout-out is to you, Final Draft. Thank you for coming. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, yeah. And I I guess if I could do a shout-out, I would say to the rest of the Everfree Radio crew, who are the reason that... uh, that Everfree Radio is happening, you know, I, I do the talking, but they do the, they do a lot of the slog work, and they, they also, you know, have, uh, like, like Nash and, and Sockware and A-Track and all of them, without them, Everfree Radio wouldn't be possible, so, thanks, guys. We'd we'll, we'll love to have more Everfree Radio staff on, maybe, to interview soon. Oh, yeah, you should talk to them, I'm sure they'd be up for it. 
Yeah, we'll just try. We should try. So I Daniel, mean, all thirteen in the room would be something nice, but it may not be controllable. So, um, it's chaotic. It's been done, and it's chaotic. Oh, okay. Oh, we just haven't been in the same room in the actual same physical space, but we've done it on on Skype or whatever. And yeah, it devolves to stupidity really fast. <laughs> okay, I can understand. I actually want to try that. Oh no! So Daniel, you got yeah. any shoutouts? Uh, no, not this week. Uh, hold on a second. Every time I come to the shoutouts, my mind goes blank. <laughs> You should write it down. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an internet connection at the barber when I was stuck. Uh, never mind. Well, you should shout out to your barber who cut your hair. No, because they don't like cutting my hair. <laughs> okay, so as usual, none this week. Anyway, um, if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can always contact us at mbsshow at gmail.com. And you can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle for the show is at the MBS show, and I'm at Norma Sanzo. I'm at St. Pinky, S-T-P-I-N-K-I-E. So, Final Draft, you have Twitter? Do I have a Twitter? Yeah, I do. Um, at Final Draft EFR. Right, cool. So, once again, thank you, Final Draft, for being on the show and being our debate judge. <laughs> it was a pleasure. We'll have to do it again soon. Indeed. So, I've been Norman Sanzo. I've been Daniel Anthony. Final Draft? Oh, oh, I, I'm apparently Final Draft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, I'll see you next week. Bye. Walk a hundred miles, then walk a hundred more Away from the place you used to know Embrace all the change, find a way to rearrange Your feelings inside, never let them show That's the life I led, and that's all I ever had Fleeting scenes of memories passing by But it never bothered me No, I've never shed a tear And I never ever stopped and wondered why Till I found you Till I found my friends And now I've come to hope This is where my journey ends I have said I'll try, I'll try to hold on to something more For the very first time I don't want to be alone For the first time I can say that I am home I don't want to say goodbye cause I am home A little shaken up, I was misunderstood to know my name Just like every other town I thought you'd bring me down I always thought that things would be the same Until the little one With a pretty bow in her hair She saw something in me And touched my heart I had never learned what friendship could mean But I think that now's a great time to start Cause I found you Cause I found my friends And now I've come to learn That the journey never ends I've said goodbye A thousand times before And I'll try, I'll try To hold on to something more 
Every radio has come so far in just two short years. And um, just a little look into the future. Where do you see EFR about 12 months from now? I mean, we asked you about near future and stuff, but how about just 12 months from now? Well, I think a lot of that's going to be determined, like, where the fandom is going to be 12 months from now. Um, and we've only really, we just we just celebrated our anniversary, uh, you know, uh, we, so we've only been around uh, for one year. Uh, I, I'm just going to mention this really quickly. Oh, quick. I'm so sorry, I did the math wrong. No, no, it's fine. I'm just going to mention this really quickly. Um, in the middle of this conversation, Andrea Lindman sent me a message. Did you mean so? And I just told her, I said, I'm being interviewed by Malaysians right now. And she says, so international. I'm going to say really quick. I'm going to say, want me to say hi? There. Oh, well. Hello. We're big fans. We love you. Andrea says hi. Oh. Yay! They say they're big fans. L-O-L. <laughs> I, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, one guy is squeeing on the phone. Uh, I'm just finishing this up really quick. All the VAs are bothering me this week. It's been bothering me. Like, I was on the phone with Kathy Westlick earlier, and then now Andrea and, and Lee Tokar yesterday. And, uh, oh, great. My phone's Wow. Oh, God. 